Ah, we thankfully caught Thuy before he headed back to his homeland of Vietnam to start his career as an AI engineer for Samsung. After proving his academic prowess in high school, Thuy was granted acceptance to UNIST where he completed his undergraduate and master's degree. I have to say, my favorite moment of this podcast is when Thuy reveals his side hustle. He casually mentions his 10,000 followers he has as he broadcasts on his gaming channel. Uh, Thuy is an intelligent and determined individual with a very bright future. Best of luck, Thuy, in Vietnam, and thank you for stopping by. Has anyone checked out the book These Things Seem Perfectly Normal to Me Now by Nicholas Simpson yet on Amazon? Absolutely wonderful tales from the Korean Peninsula to be enjoyed equally by those who live here and those who are wondering about the culture. Get your copy today and read about how Nicky got his feet whipped with a bottle of soju while being tied upside down. All in the name of love. And don't forget to check out K-Art by Juju, Korean abstract letter art. Great for gifts and custom orders are available. 10% off for the first person to place a custom order for a piece that says, Her. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Good. I wish I could read all your blog posts in Vietnamese there. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. It's all, it's all, uh, he just told us what they were. It's all anti uh, US sentiment. Mm. Well, not really. <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah, I do write a lot of blog posts. Not really recently, though, because, uh, yeah, because of work and also because of, uh, I mean, life is pretty boring these days. It was usually, uh, I would say that in a few years back, what back when I underwent, life was much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of students on campus. There was a lot of interaction with my friends. But so just Corona is a... Yeah, Corona and also all of my friends during undergrad, they kind of like move on. Like they will graduate, they move right. on with their newest part of the life. Mm. And then when you actually become a master's student, like life pretty much like um really like close down on the like the, 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 the number of people and the number of interaction that you have. Mm. So yeah, so I, I guess like for me, life, life at that part, it's pretty much very boring. Do you feel fortunate that you finished your master's during the pandemic? You know, was that like good? Was that a... Is it a self of a... There's always pros and cons for everything, right? So I guess like the pro is that like um, there's also the work from home part. Like you can like stay at one place and then like um, uh, finish all of your work. So you don't have to like commute between places and then you can actually um, like lie on your bed to finish everything. Yeah. So that, that's a good thing but that's also a bad thing because like sure. because of that like I pretty much stay inside all day. Yeah. I don't have a lot of interaction with people Don't I don't really usually go out so yeah, yeah that's also a bad thing but like eventually I guess I graduated and I'm yeah. here so yeah. yeah. I enjoy being home very relaxed at home but even during the pandemic it's kind of the first time I thought like wow I'm really like we humans as a species like man you gotta you yeah, yeah. gotta be around people you need those, yeah you those need the social interaction you know no i hate it that's why i went to the office just hope, hoping to see somebody hoping to see anybody <laughs> everybody's working from home and i was like how yeah how do you i mean they don't have cars and stuff so it's mm -hmm. a little bit of a pain to go into work but yeah i'm like my god i'd die if i had to stay at home every day and work from home i mean yeah. I went to the office, talked to the office staff, and we keep coming to talk to us for <laughs> see somebody talk, talk to somebody other than my wife and kids. Yeah. Like I'm not really allowed to go many places and I, I mean in terms of corona, whatever. Oh, okay. Hockey was always uh, a relief and oh, yeah. man. 
Yeah, so I guess like people have their own way to cope with the problem. For me, that my one way to cope with the problem is that actually I become a, like a streamer, like a part-time streamer. Oh no! no so no yeah, so so like uh, I guess like playing games, like like playing like like kind of like um, you know like teenagers kind of games. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I. So eventually, my page right now has about like four ten thousand followers. Whoa! Holy and shit! <laughs> I got a contract with Facebook at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> this guy just came in and smushed our podcast. <laughs> you That's got, awesome. You got a contract doing what? Uh, like so, basically, like if you like even stream on Facebook, they will show the ads like in between your video, like on between uh, your live stream, and holy then, like, shit. if you like, um, if you like uh, stream enough hour for per month, like for example, they say like fifty hour per month, you get a contract with them. So basically, they will share the revenue of the ads with you. Nice. No way. Oh, so so basically, it's kind of like a YouTube, like yeah. similar to yeah, like yeah, a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. What distinguishes a good one from a bad one? Because I have, uh, yeah, I mean, like what's reverse. I mean, like PewDiePie was like first in the yeah. first in the game. Uh-huh. I remember watching him and being like, "This is just some some dude playing it and saying like Mike. funny." <laughs> yeah, said like, "Oh shit, I got shot!" <laughs> I was like, "Why are people watching this?" But it's huge. Yeah, but it's absolutely it, huge. Yeah. Especially during the pandemic, because people are at home and they have nothing to do. They yeah. will open like Facebook, YouTube, or the Twitch and all that kind of stuff, you know, to watch other people. Yeah. So why Facebook? Why not YouTube? Oh, because like mostly uh, the audience in Vietnam, they use Facebook a lot, and like mm-hmm. streaming in 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 Vietnam, like I'm, I'm aiming for the Vietnamese audience. So so like it's Facebook is the most popular platform for streaming in Vietnam. Cool. And what is, if you don't mind asking, what is the profit sharing of the ads? Um. So basically, you get like eighty percent of all the ads that are coming to your page. Facebook will retain the twenty percent, but which yeah. is how much? Like it's very depending, depending on like depending on the um, the, the, the um, depending on the money, depending on the time of the year. But like I would say, for now I get around not much. I would say I get around to one hundred to two hundred dollar per month. So so it's not like an like an. Yeah, but you're doing it anyways. Yeah, I'm doing it anyway. So it's like pocket money. Like it's like pocket money because like I'm not actually doing it games. for the money in the beginning. Right, right. Just like doing it because I have more people to so talk it's to. Just a side effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so basically, I like become good enough that I they actually pay money for that. But it's not much. But it, it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What's the? Why do people watch you? What is your? Do you have a? Do you have a special? talent are you telling jokes are you are, are you talking about AI I would say that people that? come because of the skills and they stay for the interaction cool so so yeah so what are you usually streaming about like um, cosplay like 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 uh, you know kind of like uh, <laughs> dressed up like uh, uh, I don't Hulk know how to describe you get, uh, it's like a, it's a type of games but it's like uh, are you doing like play by play or commentary on someone name else's one. games or no name no no one. like usually I play my own game and then I do my own commentary for my kind of uh, games while you're playing yeah, yeah, yeah while so you're playing. broadcasting games yeah I'm kind of like broadcasting game mm. uh, what game I would say that probably like <laughs> none of you guys probably know because it's like oh, a yeah. Vietnamese game so yeah cool. That's awesome, man. So uh, that so that's like the Korean guys on TV playing League of Legends. Yes, yeah, exactly like that. It's exactly like 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 you do uh, see some of the top guy playing League of Legends, and then people <clears> would like see come come there because you have one of the like like yeah. like, like good skills, so, and then people and you're playing a Vietnamese game. Yeah, kind of like a Vietnamese game. I don't know if I've clicked on it, then mm-hmm. it keeps coming up. But mm-hmm. you're familiar, obviously, with Mr. Beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. When he goes on, some random kids like uh some random kid in middle america like has no one watching him this guy will show up and just give him 10 grand and they're like a donation has arrived donated you're like holy shit these random kids are just playing games like 
what? Oh my god, it's got 10 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah, that's something like that. So, mm. yeah, we got also in Facebook, it's very similar that you know, like people watch you, people really enjoy you, they'll donate you with some money, actual money. Really? Like, yeah. What's the biggest nice. donation you've gotten? I mean, like, got some I, dick pics. <laughs> I'm not to say that actually Facebook, like, uh, they try, they actually like paying a lot of money for content creator because they want to actually like to compete with Twitch and YouTube at the moment. Oh, so they really? are giving like, yeah, they are giving like a lot of like programs for the content creator. For example, like, like if they give you one dollar, we'll match that one dollar. Nice. So like, I would have to say that in like in a few months back, they have that in the in the month that they have that program. I kind of like get like uh, almost close to uh, one thousand dollars per month because like the matching program. Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So awesome. so people are people cool. watching in Vietnam are donating yes. dollar, five dollars, ten dollars to you, and yeah. Facebook matches it. Yeah, Facebook's match all of that. And what's your biggest donation? Biggest donation in a month, I would say, like in a month, I will. No, buy. no, one one guy. One guy, one guy. Fifty hundred. Mm, not really. I mean, I would say that it's about like, uh, yeah, it's about actually, yeah, fifty dollars. Yeah. But usually wow. they're what five to ten bucks. Is that would that be normal or less? Yeah, it should be less because like in Vietnam we use mm. like different currency. Right. Yeah, so so yeah. With dong. So one or two dollars. Yeah, so something like that. Mm. That's huh. awesome, dude. Nice. That's really cool. Do, do you find it's, uh, do you have that urge of like, oh, I should play, like I, I can get a couple extra bucks, and I mean when. Are you almost like uh, classically conditioned? Like when you're playing, you're like five dollar, three dollar, ding, ding, like shit. Gotta keep playing. I mean, gotta like uh, I would yeah. have to say that it's also dependent on the on dependent on on the day on on the day. So usually, like it, it's a, it's a normal day. Like usually, like one or two people, which you, you mm. will really get like one or two donation per day. But then if you do like there would be some like sometime there would be some special events like some like some tournaments or like some kind of like. Uh, like like event inside a game, then people would come a lot, and people would watch a lot, and there would be a do- lot of donation on those days. Mm. Like a lot of days, you yes. just play a game, you just talk to your or like talk to your viewers. They yeah. they they usually like just one or two donation. That's all. What are, what is the demographic of your viewers? Are mostly young males? Young males and also young female. I would have to say that they're mostly high school, some university students, but yeah, mostly. Is there a lot of female gamers in Vietnam? Mm, yes, but I will have to say my demographic on my page is probably about 60% male and 40% female. I'm just shocked at how many of my students at the university are telling me, how many girl, female students are telling me that they play Starcraft, Warcraft, League of Legends. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I think that's that's one of the special, uh, special things in Korea. It's that also girls, they do play those kind of games. Wild. Dude, I want to start playing video games. How, how, long, did it take you, how long did it take you to get 10,000 followers? I start streaming in late 2019, so I guess right now it's two and a half years, also close to three years, so yeah. Nice. Do, uh, do you have to play at a certain time? Like everyone knows like Wednesday at 10 o'clock, you're going to yeah, be... Yeah, like usually yeah, yeah. I try to stick to my schedule, but mm. it can kind of depend also on my own schedule, so mm. yeah, but I, I stick to... Like, Is it only live or do you put recordings on? Like usually it's a live, so basically, mm. well, mostly like the lives. So so you don't do recording because like the most important thing to like retain your customers like interaction between you and them. So how I watch ice hockey games on TV or used to, mm-hmm. these guys watch you playing your game. Yeah, but you have a chat. Yeah, but you, you have, have a chat, chat on the side. The yeah, so you basically you imagine you like you go to the stadium and then you watch live hockey talk and then the you talk to the players. Yeah, ask some questions. 
which would be cool. Shut up, <laughs> those are the best players talk in the world. To, yeah, talk and then <laughs> and then you come there and you talk to them. Why did you make that shot? They know that stuff. You know, imagine say something like that. But just but it's not like, hey, you're fucking up my game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm gonna get killed here. Stop asking mm -hmm. questions. Yeah. yeah. Or if there's if you have even a thousand people on. And even 10% are asking questions. That's way too many questions. Yeah. Yes, but like, well, because the you're the streamer, you have like the rights to answer the question. Like, right. So you can choose the question that you like to answer them, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And big, like big streamers will also have like a s subscribers filter. Like uh -huh. people who pay you regularly right. can, can ask, ask other question. people can't yeah. chat. Like, so you like have that. to like, for, for the big streamers. There's a yeah. tier. You mean they yeah. ban yeah. the gray, yeah. they ban the gray, the yeah. gray guys? <laughs> Like, like you have to actually pay in order to chat with the yeah. streamer, but not so for me. Do you I, only play one game, or do you play many games? I play many games. Like, I sometimes I play like other kind of games, but like I mostly stick to my own game because like I'm good at that game, and then people come for the skills at that game. Nice, so. nice. And how long do you think you can retain the people yeah, for, for that one so game? Much. Like, is it like six months <laughs> later you gotta get good at a different game, or are you always training a different game in the background? Actually, I have been when I start streaming, I was playing that game, and until now, I still so, play that game. Huh. So, so that was where most of my followers come from but i also like change to some other stuff i do some like in real life streaming you know the like, in real life streaming is actually like one of the biggest thing in korea that, what is it in in real life IRL. Stream. it's like in real life in real life stream you so go to a cafe and just stream yeah, yeah like you, like you did last night in <laughs> real life stream did what yeah, is played it hockey yeah <laughs> didn't buddy come and do the live streaming I guess, I guess. I thought, it, yeah. I, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, they just like, like, like bring a. Yeah, he does. IRL yeah, yeah. They bring streets, the phone yeah. with you, and then they just go everywhere around Korea, like yeah. even like international, international, and then mm. like wow. like doing they doing stuff, and then there's they stream. So many people like in if you walk like the Hongdae Street, you see everywhere you see there's like one streamer sitting there. Hi, hi. hi. But I just don't understand yeah. what, how we've gotten to this point where people just want to watch other people. Do stuff. Doing regular stuff, living their life. Like, because they, just go to Hongdae and walk down the street. What are you going to watch? Because it's COVID. Because it's COVID. They can't leave their house. Right. So now everyone's addicted to it and they can't get off it or what? Yeah, basically. So basically you Jeez. you you come for the, you come because you, you want to see like something new. And But if he's in Hongdae walking down the street with his phone and I go, I can be in Hongdae walking down the street with my phone. Here's, I think yeah. it's easier for you guys to just go out and interact. Yeah. But something happened like with millennials that they prefer staying back and watching it yeah yeah um wow. or they're just afraid to talk to people uh, another something interesting too i had to edit uh, a paper for someone and was talking about the i don't know if it's called a streaming party well what's the like on netflix mm -hmm. you can watch a movie with watch other people party. Yeah. a watch party yeah yeah and and there was uh, there were some studies done on that in korea and they said it was so beneficial for people's mental health it, it had like uh, overwhelming positive well, net benefits or whatever for uh for people who felt socially isolated mm -hmm. they said just interacting on any social media platform not good but when there's the when someone's hosting the the watch party you, you're watching the same movie having a dis uh, discussion about it after this that was really beneficial so maybe this is along the same yeah I would have to lines. say that it's very to my generation it's very similar to you yeah. guys like back a few years ago you could have like like nights boys night or girls night where you actually come together have some fun right yeah, yeah. so it's very similar for it in that kind of sense but right now we, we can't be physically be in one place yeah, yeah. anymore because of the COVID and then mm. now we got like go go to a watch party or like hang hangover huh. like yeah. So we, 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 in the same sense, we can, we feel like like that's right. like our interaction these days. And very normalized for mm -hmm. younger generation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You think this for is young bucks like you, something you'll continue? 
I think it will definitely continue in the future. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fuck, he's getting paid to pay videos. Mean, of course, yeah. For, for me, <laughs> for me, yeah, I, I'm I'm doing this at a part time, at, at like a part time thing. So I don't yeah. like, like I don't actually commit a lot of time, extra time for this anyway. Because, yeah. uh, um, like like even if you don't stream, you're gonna play your my game anyway. So yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Like, like like when I come back to Vietnam, I'm gonna have a job, and I'm not sure about like how time consuming would be it mm. would be. But yeah, for now, yeah, I'm, well, I'm if that fine. That was me. With I'd be playing Mario Brothers one. Yeah. <laughs> streaming. Yeah. Do you think your studies and computer science, AI, this stuff, mm-hmm. do you think that influenced and played a role in, hey, I can do this? And I understand. Like, <clears throat> I just think if I was going to do something like that, I don't even know where to start mm-hmm. other than I have a phone, so maybe I could do it. But does your background in, in your studies play into deciding to do this? Actually, I would have to say that because my research area, as I mentioned to this guy before, that I actually working with in, like I'm doing kind of agents that to play the games, not my game, but mm-hmm. like actual theoretical game or like mind games, basically like imagine chess or go, mm-hmm. or that kind of game that require like a lot of like um, complexity and then calculations. Mm-hmm. You, you can like do, you can ask the machine to play the game and learn how to be pretty good at the game at the moment. Right. So. Like, uh, I would have to say that my research kind of, like, um, helped me to understand, like, the thought process of actually getting good at, like, mind games. Like, mm. like games that require a lot of, like, um, thinking and all that stuff. I watched uh, I watched a video, a guy, I think, who built, I think you'd call it, like, an agent or a bot mm-hmm. who played Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Like, 300 ga- or 3 million games in Monopoly mm-hmm. and came up with the best possible strategy, strategy on, on how to do it this is what yeah you're, yeah that's kind of exactly thing. what i yeah. do that's what you do not like actual the monopoly no, but game but like very similar to what i'm currently doing oh really cool so yeah. you developed the you never lose monopoly <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it, it came down to like you gotta buy i think the red like on the no uh, not, not the first line illinois. you gotta buy illinois avenue in the yeah well what is that yellow and redwood gardens that's a yellow one. That's yeah. The same side. Illinois, Marvin Gardens. There's purple. You know the board. What's after purple? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, why do people know this? this Baltic this and then Connecticut. <laughs> Baltic's a shit. Yeah, Baltic's Baltic Mediterranean are the yeah. shitty ones, and Connecticut are the light blue ones. Then it's and then Brown, it goes New York, St. <laughs> James. like you played more games than the AI, dude. <laughs> yeah. We actually had to sit down with our cousins yeah. and brothers yeah. and sisters and play every time. Yeah. Like, dude, I remember, but, I remember coming here. It was probably uh, maybe a year after I got here, maybe around 2008, and seeing. Uh, my students or two brothers who were playing Monopoly mm-hmm. and dude they had cards that they put in the they, this is like ancient news now but they had cards that, that instead of counting cash like mm-hmm. we did when we were kids they'd put the card in the machine huh. and debit their card I was like Whoa. oh my god this is what crazy yeah. sir it's funny you say that because I, I don't think I actually played it that much but I think that's the impact of the game that you know the most expensive properties are Boardwalk and Park Place because you actually have to, it's not just mindlessly play a game. You're, how much do I have? How much can I get? What, what if I invest yeah. here? What if I, and, and maybe that's the impact of the game, but I, yeah. yeah. I was just listening to Robert, uh, what, Kiyosaki? Yeah, yeah. And him saying that he learned how to make money playing with his dad, Monopoly, mm-hmm. every well, single day. Well, he yeah. made his and own. learning how to. He made his own game, right? I think it was also the time where you were not distracted by other things. It was like. I mostly played Monopoly for three hours when the when there was like blackouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's That's like we played on rainy okay. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go. <laughs> like one of and my research topic here, like one of my research topic was actually related to people playing chess. And mm-hmm. then if you watch the Super Grandmaster uh, playing chess, then you will be amazed by how much they remember 
each game. So basically, after they play your game or they see the game, they can repeat all of the move inside the board. And then inside the head, there will be probably like a few millions game that they, they watch or they wow. play. And then every time they see the board, they will just immediately connect to the Find game. Find that, that library they, in yeah. their head. Yeah. yeah. I watch like a lot of chess streaming players and they're like, oh, I had this position when I was competing in this in tournament five years ago. 20 years ago. Like, yeah. yeah. Was I like, think that would be cool. I would watch chess streamers to see how they think. And to I, I listen, never know. To I, to that thing. And until I got into it, I never knew chess can be like that intense. Yeah, <laughs> that people yeah. were just like, oh, I saw this match 20 years ago. I watched it. <laughs> and then, I was like, I, I forgot what I ate last week. And then, yeah. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Okay. Well, one second. You know the original Monopoly? This I just brought this up here. <laughs> the original Monopoly is not... It, the uh, original game comes with two sets of rules, yeah? And one is the landlord's game. It's not as... Uh, it's not like the capitalist twist that Monopoly puts on. It's like you... I think you get some it's of the... No, I think you're supposed to... <laughs> yeah, no, That's no, the no, North Korean version? No, dude. It's, it's more about like helping... <laughs> about belongs to helping, me. helping people, yeah. Oh, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, but every <laughs> time you get it, pick up that card. Pay school tax, 200 bucks. Okay, Tweet, take us through your... Seven years at Unist. Sure. Um, we're twenty twenty two. Twenty fifteen, you started. Yeah, twenty fifteen. I came the here. The school. The school opened in two thousand nine, I believe. Yes. So it it had just gotten its feet wet, and and it. I mean, it was actually up and running and going. The first couple of years there were yeah. were a little bit funny. Yeah. But but you were there kind of at a, at a sweet time where they were starting to make some progress, jump yeah. in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Walk us through your decision on coming to Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what transpired over your seven years of studies? Okay, so actually, before uh, going to Korea, like when I was a high school student, my dream was always going to the US. You know, you have the US dream, and then going to the US. But then I do all. I prepare at, during high school. I prepare all of the stuff. I get the SAT done, the TOEFL done, like every test is done. Like get my GPA high, and then I kind of realize like unless you're exceptionally good. Like the US won't pay you for undergrad school. Hmm. So they did, I got some like partial scholarship from them, but not like not one that gave me hmm. a school for a full, full scholarship. Scholarship for what? Like scholarship for, for like tuition, tuition fee, and then you know, also living costs in okay. the US. I think Jeshurun had something similar, but it said, uh, they said, like, yeah, we'll give you 30 grand a year. But you're yeah. still required to pay another forty. Yeah, on top yeah. Of it. <laughs> like like basically, yeah, you have like basically you got like some like uh, uh, we pay you like seventy five percent of your tuition fee, yeah. but you still have to pay twenty the rest twenty five percent. Give us a liver, give us the, <laughs> give yeah. us a kidney. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, percent yeah, is tuition cost an arm and a leg in Vietnam. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so yeah, I, I start to look for other options, hmm. and then like also doing that part, we have some family trouble. So basically, my mom let go in the shop, and then like it was caught on fire. Mm-hmm. So basically, we kind of like have to spend all of our savings there mm-hmm. so basically my mom said like you kind of are on your own you have to find somewhere that like that can support you otherwise we can't support yeah. you so yeah I started to look for other options and then Korea school like guys and unis kind of like mm. att- like kind of attract in, me I'm curious in your hunt I mean I wouldn't yeah unless you're extremely talented in one field uh-huh. I don't imagine there's a lot of schools that pay for your undergraduate I mean I would say that like if you're exceptionally good, like people usually like in my country, people will actually see a lot of like newspaper like about saying like this kid, this kid got into like Ivy, uh, like got accepted by all the right. Ivy League, and then they got like all like full tuition free, full tuition free scholarship for 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 getting into Ivy League and all that. And but then after that, like if you actually go behind the scene, you actually know that 
those kids they have like a whole team behind them usually most of the time they have a team like preparing for their like be preparing for that their whole life they have a team right. who like like preparing their like the like, like, the background and then all of their uh, extracurricular sure. activity they, like everything is prepared for them yeah so if you're on your own top luck dude so mm. but outside of the ivy league or the prestigious schools uh-huh. and and Eunice was definitely not prestigious at the time yes it's definitely gained a lot of fame since then yes yeah, since then but Korea, maybe other countries you looked at. Did you find a, many places where, if you did meet the requirements, you could get free education? I would say that usually, if they're free, they're not usually good. So Korea was like, <laughs> yeah. So so I would say that Korea, it's like actually UNIS is like the best option that you can get for free. They had a, they had a really good strategy of yeah. going out and taking from Central Asia and Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. The science winners, all the science Olympiad winners. Mm-hmm. If you could brain drain all the kids from Central or Southeast Asia that were not going to the Ivy League, the next best kind of kids who don't have the team supporting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got some really, really good kids, mm-hmm. really good kids. And like how they got into Ghana and just started pulling out amazing kids from Ghana yeah. that that maybe would never even look at Korea on a map when you know where it is or know it's an option. Uh-huh. Like you say, everyone's got the American dream, but yeah. but Eunice had a really talented team going out and finding these gems and mm-hmm. saying, hey, if we get them here and, and they're good, you could have went to the States probably for your master's. Yeah, something like that. But you that. stayed because loyalty or you re- realize the potential and the possibilities. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I think that was a really good strategy on, on Eunice's part for fi- like the college can't figure this out mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah like go and get the next best kids from all these countries and do the like the wave two of the brain drain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes and i think one of the most attracting thing about unis is that they, they get the, the the second wave of the kids but also they provide them with their um provide them everything that the first the first wave right of kids world have. class yes they're providing them with like infrastructure food, infrastructure and yeah. also like the, the, the tuition free and the scholarship everything so this kid feel like they have the first way even though they're probably not the first way but now you can get now you can take some of those kids yeah that would have considered going to the states i think someone would reconsider kaist unis post tech because I mean, especially at Unist. Yeah. But when you're the cash flow, yes. when every uh, when everything's taken care of, your food, your housing, mm-hmm. you got more brain power to, to focus on your studies. Right? Yes, that's right. That's awesome. What was your distinguishing uh, feature? Why did Unist pick you up? What was your specialty? Or oh, I, how I did got you a, like I got a national Olympia for informatics when I was in uh, high school. So yeah, so Unist picked me up because yeah. <clears throat> I got a question. Yeah. Everybody seemed to have those things. Yes. And I used to think, I used to think like, do they give like 50 medals for each one or what? Because, you know, the, the Uzbek and Kazakh kids, like everybody had the same science Olympiad medal or whatever on their uh-huh. resume. Uh-huh. How, <laughs> tell me how serious they're like, you know, the, the yes. first thought is, ah, oh, these, some of these are fake. Some of these guys copied them on Kosan Road. Road. <laughs> yeah. Like how, how hard are they to get? I've never even heard of these kind of things in Canada. So I don't know if we have different Yes, I would have but. to say that in Vietnam, it's much harder than Kazakh. <laughs> if you think about it, so Kazakh and Kyrgyzstan, they have like 5 million people. Yeah. So if you divide it, you got like about like 100 
people on our student a hundred thousand student per year and then it's an honored student on our thousand student per year you have to find like uh, like one thousand people who actually keep the price up so it is basically like one versus 100 other kids that actually don't care mm. so basically it's like you versus like <laughs> you versus like 10 other people yeah. but for countries like vietnam and especially china right. we have very similar system in those national olympiad so we had like close to 100 million people yeah. so imagine every year we have a batch of one million students so actually when and then they try to give out like probably i say for for me from the second prize above like for informatics only they only give like 30 30 second prize and yeah. then each year and then so basically if you're trying to get to a second prize you have to like one versus like a hundred people and a hundred other students mm. who actually care so about probably 10 20 times harder than yeah average. Some of the That's like yeah. you you and a me yeah it's even crazier in, in india too, right? or like china yeah, yeah that the stories from Amit that were pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. wild in terms One of numbers. One in 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he had to eat his textbook to remember. That. <laughs> 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 so I, I, I wonder, did you know anything about Eunice before you came? Probably nothing. <laughs> because because I, I think if you go to the States, I think there's also way more distractions. When you come to Eunice, it's to study. It's and I always thought I always thought I would never want to do an undergrad at Eunice because that's t- kind of your time to be free. You you succeeded. Yeah. You passed high school, good grades. Yeah. Time to party, grow into yourself, mm-hmm. date, what, play around, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. But Eunice is like welcome to the island. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. And when you came, it started like guys had bicycles. I think when you came, yes. But when I started there, like nobody left the campus. Yes. And going to Guiyongli was like. You know, going to Hawaii. I mean, that was a huge. <laughs> that's, wild that's, adventure. that's true. I mean, like even in the so, so and now guys are living in the city yeah. and driving. You know, it's like whoa, they went yeah. from nothing to bikes to car, rental cars to cars, and now it's it's good. Yes. So <laughs> actually, I think that's one of the things year. that actually I have to cope and then improve over the year. To see my situation can improve over the years, yeah. you know. And then also in the recent year, we have like the uh, ordering app, you know, ordering right. app, so you can order food to you. All made by the students. <laughs> the first ones were all the first so like, yeah. four apps were all made by the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Basically, yeah. But you know, like a few years back, like back when I was first came to Eunice, you have nothing at night, nothing right. to do yeah, at yeah. night, right? No food, no like entertainment. Eighty percent restaurants don't deliver to Eunice. Yeah, they just <laughs> call. So you just have to call sad. them, talk to them in Korean. They say no, too, Eunice is too far. We're not going to deliver here. Yeah, Twenty six guys want the same pizza. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so yeah, basically, like at night you have nothing to do except like open your laptop, open your PC, do something. Like, so yeah, like I think the Define. situation like improved kind of <laughs> gradually over the years. So, but but I mean, did you know that coming? Because I I found a lot of kids were surprised there. But if you knew, um, and you made that choice, maybe it's a conscious decision that you know in America I see the movies and it mm-hmm. looks wild and crazy. I don't know if yeah. I can handle that. And maybe this is a little more better environment for mm-hmm. focused learning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> did you? know all that or was that kind of a surprise I think it would kind of a surprise for me I mean I was also <laughs> I don't have, think they advertise that really yeah yeah either. they never advertise that but I also well, that like, video, it looks super I cool. also <laughs> have some expectation because I actually spent a year mm. in the university in Vietnam so I got like a gap year and then I got like um, I got like got into a university in Vietnam and then I actually experienced some of the environment in Vietnam and I think like the experiment the experience in Vietnam and Korea are quite similar in the sense that they are is a more f- a focused on their study kind right. Environment. Mm. So, 
as a like a PhD student, I feel it's a better place because there are less distractions. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I said I don't want to do hundred grand. Yeah, exactly. But a master's or PhD would be ideal. You need some kind of like wide social bubble for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and like I used to remember walking around there, and people are just just itching to do anything. Yeah, that's when the student council was good. I've kind of followed along was the way, but good. when student council was was pretty active and good mm-hmm. they had a lot of events and a lot of social things going yeah. on and it, yeah. and it Shout was out to Rene, dude. it yeah. was pretty uh pretty good he yeah, was the president until, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until until covid hits and then everything has to be stopped so yeah yeah then it's crazy how did sorry in high school yes when i went to high school probably similar to to nate like there was no drive i even even the really uh academically driven kids mm-hmm. there was no i was never exposed to to anyone who was going to to get medals and mm-hmm. try and win science awards <laughs> or whatnot not in it, academics it's more sp- in sports, sports. Yeah, yeah, in sport, yeah, yeah in yes. sports is that the culture of high school back home is that are you an outstanding student and you I would just say it's a, on your, it's a very Asian culture yeah, kind of no, thing okay, that's so I so it, it's more, it, it, I think it's more similar he can feel it and I so, yeah. so basically you have parents and then because parents only have one or two kids they yeah. would have really high we would set the ex- expectation really high for we the kids we worked our whole life so that you could have one <laughs> yeah, yeah so basically we work our whole life so that you could have this life so you have to like you know get yeah. some good grades yeah. and then it's never enough for us yeah, and then of you just have to like follow yeah. this kind of path yeah, that, that, yeah. that set out to you like because back then you know back then you you kind of don't know what, which path to take and then your parent can set out a path for you and you just yeah. like when you when you're old enough to realize that the path they set for you it's kind of too late at the moment so you yeah. just follow <laughs> yeah. 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 Ah, fuck it I'm here oh, right in here. India <laughs> in India high school is like if you don't focus on your study your life is fucked yeah you're yeah. screwed huh? there is no like partying in high school like yeah oh my god, god. It's, yeah. but you, you everyone also, is studying like like here right they yeah. study till like four o'clock in the morning in okay. india like but coming out of, in canada like you get your license at 15 mm-hmm. by 16 you can drive by yourself mm. i mean we're driving to school and i just told a guy last night i was driving home a middle school kid from hockey and he said some of the kids do bad things at lunch they go to mcdonald's <laughs> and somebody was spitting on somebody or something i said well oh my god when i was in <laughs> when i was in the first year of high school second year of high school we used to drive to pizza hut and dine and dash we go for the five dollar buffet, and boom, everybody would just run. Hey, hey, come back, come back. See you later. You know what? Uh, you know what? The uh, are you familiar with drive-through football? No. Oh, this is no. separately, dude. You, you you go to the order window. I've never participated. I've watched it. Go to the order window. Order your food. Go to the pickup window. One buddy jumps out of the car. They hand the bag. They run, grab it like a grab it like a football, and run away. Like, that guy just stole twenty three of my hamburgers. <laughs> oh my god, that was pick your friend. Up, no, it wasn't. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh man, double your order. But, but that's that's our, like our high school stuff is focused on shenanigans and life experience. Not yeah. focused on like, it just happens to be yeah. more life experience. But I think now you're you're you can motivate yourself. You can see your own your own path. When does that switch over from parents to? Was that when you left? 
when you left home, or is it still so fear of parents that drives you? <laughs> I would have to say that because the, the expectation that they mm. give you, a lot of students like during high school or like younger than my age, they will feel the urge to have their freedom and yeah. have their freedom on my own. So that was also one of the reasons that I, I really want to get uh, like to get outside to get into another country. Yeah. So yeah, I have to say that especially when I start coming to illness, that I actually feel like I'm leaving my old life right now away from my parents, nice. and like. Yeah, even eventually now, if I come back to my home country, yeah, of course I will move out, and I I will have to, like I will keep this kind of like uh, freedom, like with my with everything that I have because like 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 this is the freedom that I actually earned by myself. So, did you have any uh, any very influential mentors at home or here that uh, that kind of steered you in the right path or? Or that uh, I would have to say that up. I don't really have any like specific mentor, but it's mm. kind of like my dad who kind of steered this kind of way for me. So like he's he started like he he, he like he registered me in coding school during like like uh, secondary school. Mm. So I started coding in like sixth grade. Mm. Nice. So like and then he was just like um, say that he you should follow this you should go to this high school and then you should choose this the informatic class and then you should follow that everything during like secondary school and high school was like followed by my father and then mm. at first he would like give me no freedom but eventually like after I got some like good results and he will give me some more freedom so basically you have to re- give him good result in unlocking rewards yeah unlock- <laughs> unlock shout out to Papa Bowie <laughs> <laughs> nice do uh, uh, what was I going to ask that's uh that's great man (laughs) so what was your undergrad at unist what'd you study uh i study uh computer science and finance finance and accounting finance accounting is my minor and computer science is my major so coming out of a science olympiad champion or whatever your medal was in there Mm -hmm. how getting to university i mean when you start studying that is that very difficult for you or is that kind of fun like this is what i'm i love doing this is it just challenging and rewarding or is it like holy shit this is really hard i would have to say it's something in between yeah. so it's we kind of depend on the classes so basically there are some classes that are just a repetition of what we learned in high school so it's like a walk in the park but like some classes or some courses you have really strict professor and then the, the like the, the information that you have to learn there you have to grab that's very new so like uh yeah it's one of very challenging courses so depending on the courses but uh, yeah some some are easy some are very difficult but the overarching feeling is like yeah i'm progressing i'm learning something new um (laughs) i would have to say that the overall progress is that like since this is kind of research oriented school so i got into a lab very early during my undergrad um study and i feel like i make a lot of progress as a researcher as i learn how to like become a researcher i would have to say yeah when did you join sophomore uh yeah early sophomore how how first how do you choose that lab uh-huh. or are you recruited for the lab uh-huh. and do you feel owned by the laboratory i'm i'm sure you can you guys can both speak to it but many of the students feel like they, they someone's controlling them mm-hmm. like like they they have a a hand controlling them regarding the laboratory stuff uh, okay. how did you choose yours what did it feel like did you have have any of those feelings like mm-hmm. geez i I didn't want to get in this much. I just wanted to kind of get one foot in, but yeah. now I'm like the guinea pig. I got to do everything for the whole freaking lab. And okay, actually, I can't actually leave. yeah, yeah, actually, that's a very interesting question. So first of all, I got into the lab just because like introduction of one of my friend who actually worked at the lab, and then yeah, I feel like the topic kind of what what I want to do AI and all that stuff, you know. So basically, I just get into the lab and 
further question that you asked, so actually in this kind of lab, this professor is actually an international professor who studied in the US. So he's very, he, he, he kind of like very uh, different from the other Korean professor. He gave a lot of freedom. So actually, if you're given a lot too much freedom, that's actually a bad thing. And I feel that, that I feel that myself. Because when you give given too much freedom, yes, when you were undergrad student, you was like, yeah, this is so good. You can like study whatever you like. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to be, when you, you don't have to be bound by any, you don't have any boundary. You can do so, so it's, it's very good. But actually when you come further, do for further research kind of, you kind of like, if you progress more, a little bit more, you come to the master program, you actually feel like too much freedom is actually a bad thing. Because mm. now you have no one to guide you. You have to find your own path. And sometimes like if you find your own path, it's very easy for you to get misled or like you, you wandered into the wrong path. So actually, <laughs> I feel like if you actually, for an undergrad student, it's good to have freedom. But if you're starting to go to a master in PG, it's actually better if you have someone to guide you, someone to like show you this is the right way you should follow that way someone then, who's experienced and yeah experienced you yeah. and then actually doesn't you don't you don't really need a lot of freedom when you are like going going further into this kind of research topic you know yeah so you just want to be someone who like who walked the road before you and showed you this is the right way yeah. watch out for being yeah. these pitfalls and whatnot. being a when did you come for your master's 2017 no i came directly as a phd but my oh, yeah. first year i was like wandering around like a lost parts <laughs> <laughs> um is this kind of like being at a, a science tech research institute is this kind of a strategy that they use like they want you to join the lab early and then they know that you're so invested in it and as long as it's something you enjoy or that by the time you graduate i mean junior senior you're two years two and a half years in the lab mm -hmm. it's hard to leave and if they've trained you and invested in you they want you to stay is, is that like a strategy or did you feel freedom you could leave anytime i would have to say that this school is actually because it's very research oriented so the students feel like the students feel like they would usually prefer to stay they make the student they make the student think that they actually will want to choose this kind of path because like uh, I do a lot of job I actually did a lot of job interviews like lately because I finished my master and then I realized that for other school they would have courses that much more related to like uh, related to the actual work that you're gonna do mm. and then in this school you don't you don't you don't have to have courses all of the courses are very research oriented so eventually the student after they're taking the courses they will want to um, they will want to do research, do research yeah. yes I think the strategy is to retain students to continue the research, mm -hmm. but the positive thing of joining research early is like you get a sense of ownership, like, oh, I did this project, I played this part in this project. And so you can get, get like some confidence even if you're moving out from the research field. Mm. I, I wonder like if you, but it's, it's, hard, definitely it's hard because like he says, once you go halfway down the road, it's hard to turn around and go down a different road. But if people could choose in hindsight, would you have stayed in that lab or would you have preferred to take a different road and try a different lab or different school or country or whatever? But hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, it, it's hard once you're already in there and you're, yeah. you're, you're really invested in it. So, so we like for other school, for example, I have to say for computer science, they will have courses that teach you to do like web designing, mobile, like doing apps on your mobile and then doing things like how to design, how to write a program. We don't have those courses in Unis. 
like and and people who never like never figured it out beforehand they would actually come to this and they study it for a few years and then they realized that wow we don't have those kinds of courses but we have other courses that related to our re uh, research we have like uh deep learning we have like re like like machine learning ai all the kind of courses that actually help you to progress as a researcher not a, not as an industrial worker so do you do you think going there you're equipped to work both the private and the public sector I would have to say that if you graduate from UNIS, it's very hard for you to actually find an industrial job, but it's very easy for you if you want to find a research area oriented job. The people in people in the research field in the research area they would very they would value your degree very much. Yeah. Um, one quick one back to the high school thing. Yeah. You said if 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 there if somebody's they your parents set out your path mm -hmm. and and kind of lead you. Mm -hmm. um, this is a big problem in Korea and mm -hmm. as well in the States mm -hmm. and probably Canada as well. Mm -hmm. So I assume it's the same, but I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. Does it require money to guide and to lead? You said your dad introduced you to coding. Mm -hmm. You can learn coding online. Yes. Um, is this a money thing? Like, do you have to have enough money that dad can tell you to do coding or whatever, but he says, go to this high school? Mm -hmm. Do you require a lot of outside private education to be able to qualify for that school, like in Korea, right? In Korea, everyone wants to go to these high schools. Yes. But you can't get there if you're not doing top-notch private academies yes. to get the requirements, like have that team behind you. Yes, of. yes, yes. Is that the same in Vietnam? Like, can anybody do what you did? Or do you have to have some financial means to achieve this? I would have to say that you should have to should be able to have some financial means. And the more that you're invested, the higher chance you should be getting into the top high school. Also, like like um, it's a very similar in Korea, but also it's depend on the students. So like the 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 financial aspect could give you like give you a halfway, and the half the other halfway is based on the students. Right. So if the student is good, they and then they got the financial back background from their family, and then they can they really can succeed. they can like they can succeed. They can follow the rest of the way, but. Even if, like, for I know some student who got like a lot of like very strong financial background, but you know they they don't like sure. they don't yeah, like yeah. the path that was given to them. They just like fuck it. I, I just, just want to play. But it. even you yeah. see them at units, right? Mm. I mean, they study, study, study because the parents are piling on the pressure. Uh -huh. They get in uh -huh. and they chicken and beer the whole first year. Yeah. Go to the army. I mean, they got no direction, no focus. They're just there because their parents put them on this path. And now they lose their scholarship, and it's oh, professor, please, can I get two more points to keep my scholarship? And I'm like, well, you should have thought about that when you were chicken and beer and every night. But they go to the army, they get a little perspective, a little bit of life, mm -hmm. come back. Some of them refocus, some of them are just gone. Mm -hmm. I'm not going back there. So I, I, I would fully agree with that. Yeah, I think in Korean they call it the hungry spirit. Mm -hmm. If you don't, uh, <clears throat> you know, if you're raised with a golden spoon there what is it called silver spoon yeah golden yeah. spoon diamond spoon yeah so you finished Black your spoon. your bachelor's how early did you know that you were going to do your master's there i would have to say like starting during my um during my senior year i already approached my, uh, my professor to say like uh, what's my opportunities after i graduate and he said like if you want to continue you can because like i mean you have been here for like two more years so you it's we're more than welcome to give you so welcome your stay is so. it common when they where they say you know what? You've done all the menial tasks for us. We don't need you anymore. Like you're just not. You don't have the brain power to work in our lab. Mm -hmm. Do they? Is that? Have you ever heard of anyone getting people get turned down, kicked out, or declined? I or would have to say it's very uncommon. 
because you have to work really bad to do yeah, that. Yeah, you have to be really bad for, for professor to be to say that because actually professor prefers student, prefers student who actually do an intern yeah. during their undergrad because you know it takes time to train students. Yeah, train student to actually get the used, job done. Yeah. You know, and then if you get a brand new master student, you have to get a few months in order to train him, like you yeah. know what to do. But if you get like an undergrad student, by the time he get into the master degree, he already know what to do. Right. So you're right, boss. Yeah. Yeah. So if you left after four years. What would your job prospects have been, and what what kind of work could you have done? Do you think, or where would you be if you left after four years? Where do you think you'd be? Eighty, I, 80 hour streamer, uh, <laughs> yeah, either a streamer or something like um, like an um, very more or like a very industrial kind of work, probably like some kind of like a web designer or like mm-hmm. something related to like um, like like the, 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 the I would have to say the the, 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 the kind of laborious job to mm-hmm. in this computer science segment. So basically, we're doing like a lot of programming kind of the kind of job, but. For for now, I think that, that it changed a lot because, like, I have some research experience, or I can do a lot more like research kind of focused job. So, so do you think you would have been in Vietnam working for a small company, or maybe having your own company or something? Mm, well, probably working for another country. Yeah, working for another company. Yeah, working for another company, like doing yeah, doing as a basically a programmer. Yeah. Cool. So started your masters, and what? Where did that lead you to, or what did you get out of that? How did it work? I would have to say that um, my the, the the thing that I got out from my, my three years of doing a master degree here is that like um, I have all of the background knowledge about the research topic that I'm that I'm focused into, and I know what to do and I know what to use in those kind of topic. So I get enough I get enough knowledge uh, to like know how to work with this kind of like information and know how to work with this technique enough so that I can find a job that would like uh, are more related to this kind of area mm-hmm. so yeah so you, <clears throat> you've mentioned uh, making what do you call them agents mm-hmm. agents for, for games or whatever mm-hmm. how does that translate to um, to the workplace what, what kind of companies or uh, okay. stuff are you looking to, to get into so basically I'm just trying to look in for look into uh, companies that actually use this kind of techniques to uh, to apply to many uh, different aspects so my work is that they is used to apply to games but since it's like AI and then you can like tune their like tune the agents and then tune the AI to do work for whatever topic that you want so you, there are a lot of other applications but, you know there are applications so I'm just basically looking for companies that use AI for their own applications mm. and and yeah, I kind of land with. So you have a general, you have a general knowledge base of how how to apply the AI, to, to, and you, to, you can to, fine to tune any. that. Any yeah, to some examples yeah. like can it be used in like self driving? Yeah. Yeah, like like self driving or like uh, image recognition or like natural language processing, all the kinds of stuff that like there's a lot of topic that can can be handled with yeah. AI. So yeah, I just look for companies that. Like that's Do you have any preferred? Uh, companies that you're that you're looking at now? So actually, so um. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of torn at the moment. I'm kind of torn between like the two uh, biggest. So I got two biggest offers. So one was from Samsung, which is a big cop. So everybody knows it is international cop. Like they pays well. They got like a really like a good a career path. Yeah. And then yeah, you would actually do some research stuff in Samsung. And then I got another offer from a an US um, a startup company. They actually pay better and the environment's much more, they give you much more freedom than other than Samsung because Samsung, yeah, is a nine to five job and then mm. you you sit in a corner doing like coding and then research <laughs> in or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
and then yeah but but for the for the startup work um it's the, the environment's very free people like uh you don't have to actually go to work every day you can just uh, work from home or do, doing your own stuff beanbag chairs yeah beanbag yeah. chairs and all that kind of stuff and then at the end of the day you have to just just you know at the end of the day you just report what you have done and yeah, yeah. so so i to be honest i'm, I'm really torn between those two options when mm. like that, that was actually a few days ago like I was really torn between these two options because each have their own pros and cons. Absolutely. And I have absolutely zero experience in choosing like either of these jobs. I think it comes down to can you work without structure, without the uh-huh. without the uh-huh. the boss telling you, you know, you uh-huh. gotta be in here, you gotta uh-huh. be here at this time and that time. Uh-huh. Are you you know, are you able to work independently through uh Yeah, so so eventually I make a decision that I will go for the I will go for Samsung because I would I think that like I still prefer freedom, but I think that the Samsung job would help me career wise. Okay. Like like later, the good stepping stone. If you want to go after, you can go anywhere. But yeah, yeah. At so, least you got Samsung on your resume. Looks yeah, good. yeah, it looks good. And then like I'm still very young. This the start of my career, so I should think about the long run so maybe in the future i would come back for a startup work at that time i would probably like um i would really value the freedom more because like at that time you probably have your family and all that stuff so yeah but for now your career should be like the most important thing so what's nice how much did location have to play into it it sounds like you put on your announcement there haven't Mm -hmm. been home in Mm -hmm. how long three Three years yeah three years um yeah you've been seven abroad I mean, how much does it play into it going home? And like the chance that you graduate from a Korean university where Samsung is the number one company in the mm-hmm. country and you get a job at the Korean company in your mm-hmm. home country, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that a coincidence or mm-hmm. is that something you kind of foresaw or? So like uh, when I started looking out for a job, probably a few months ago, I got a lot of offer from different companies in Vietnam, but I feel like. Uh, I chose Samsung because a lot of so in the old uh, old offer that I got from the big cops, I think that Samsung is the one probably that I will fit the most because I understand how the Korean culture kind of works, right. and also I work with directly under a Korean boss, so I actually like uh, it's beneficial to actually they know that what you have been studying in a Korean university, so it's it's good for you, it's also good for me, and it's so good for them, so it's like it's beneficial it's a good to fit. Mm. yeah, it's a good fit also yeah and. So so eventually, I just choose because yeah. If you had the same job, same conditions in a Western country, mm-hmm. what do you think you would choose? Mm, I would have to say that uh, for now, probably because of COVID, because I haven't been home in such a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I'll probably choose my home country, but you know, in a few years, things might change. Have you sure. you stay stay in Vietnam for like a few years and you say, okay, that's enough. Then then I'll move on probably. Yeah, sure. You have that sense of home. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you should you should get a sense of home after a few years, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's <clears throat> a, is uh, oh sorry, we asked. Side note, we asked mm-hmm. Ben, who was in here last Monday, uh-huh. about the sentient uh, Google mm-hmm. AI. Is that mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Is that, guy, I, is that guy crazy or are we... Uh... I would have to say probably in the very far future. Okay, okay. Because uh, I actually work in those kind of areas. So I know that like people are making progress. Mm. And then, but but the, 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 the speed of the, make, of the progress that they're making, probably I say it's it's probably like very far away future that we're going to have those kind of sentient robot AI, you know, or the Terminator, Terminator stuff, you know. Mm. <laughs> good. <laughs> good, good, good. I get lots of in my Google feed there the mm-hmm. things that pop up like 
AI's made its own language and mm-hmm. we can't we can't detect <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Is that all? I don't actually read the articles, but the yeah. they're pretty alarmist. The headlines. I say that <laughs> the, those are kind of clickbaity headlines okay, okay, because yeah. if, uh, at, uh, at the current time, like people still have total control over like, what the AI can do, mm. and then like sure they can use the AI to make their own language and then make like something have like like their own mindset and all that stuff. Mm. But like all of them is still under our control at the moment, and then I feel like probably need a lot more time for the AI to, to, mm. to actually we can develop AI that can have to, 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 to that we will be able to get out of our control. Mm. I would say that's very far away from yeah. the new future. I saw very one far as in 10, 20, 30 years? <laughs> I would say 30, 50 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if I think what the world was like 30 years ago, I mean, shit. <laughs> I mean, like, years later, like wow. you can build like insanely good AI, uh-huh. but the intent behind that is always provided by humans. It's very difficult for a program to have its own intent. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Only then it can like start taking over stuff. And yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw one the other day the the AI robot. Something happened, and then he got a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing, like some yeah. someone suing the the AI company, and the the robot hired its own lawyer. Stop or something. licking those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like um, you have to say that you Just have to say that all the trash pile. All of the all the stuff that the AI can do right now, it's still like. Yeah. It's still like under the control, under the guidance of a human. So yeah, basically, yeah. if an AI like um, hire a lawyer, that yeah, means yeah. that the people writing that AI, they just like train. Told them if this happens. Yeah, go get, a lawyer, get yeah. a lawyer, basically. <laughs> oh, dude, that's so funny. What? Since we're on the topic, what? What are? What are we going to see in the next five, ten years related to AI? I mean, it's starting to change quickly now. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going home to Canada. And I think it's going to be like the Stone Age, going to mom and dad's little town. Mm-hmm. Where here, like your phone or your everything is just kind of mm-hmm. you, you don't need, really need people anymore. I mean, yeah, that's true. I think that the two biggest thing for AI right now is that the first of all is the smart home. So smart home should be more popular in the near few years. I mean, they're passed through their development state, and then eventually you actually see a lot of smart home in Seoul. Probably not here, but a lot in Seoul. Like smart home in which the the like, newer ones here are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, because I think lots of the homes I. <laughs> Turn on the aircon. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's kind of like kind of normal here now already. But yeah, what do you like? Is what kind of what's the evolution of the next generation of smart homes? Yeah, I would have to say that so basically you don't have to like say anything. So like the 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 home will be just like if you come to a home and then they know they will well, like cool. start you know, heating. You know, Alexa, so like Alexa would be like, oh, "Well, come yeah. home, boss," and then they will change their condition, change the condition Is of she your home. Call me match. boss. Like I, I guess <laughs> so, but like if she respects you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So so basically, so it's more like it's getting smarter in the sense that you don't have to comment it for like everything, but like they will actually know what to do, and then also become more popular. It's like should be should be also everywhere, and also the second thing that I think that should be more popular in the future, next five to ten years would be like smart vehicles, like autonomous vehicle. Mm. So for now, you got Tesla, right? But that's that's pretty much that's it. But I think that how far? But it seems like it's been here. Tesla's been doing that for five years already. Like when is it going to be finally like? Okay, there's no insurance problem, there's no legal problems, it's just happening. They are technically safer than... In the States, I think there's driverless taxis. I don't know if it's still prototypes or if it's still... Uh, model programs or if it's drone taxis here in yeah, they're, they're, they're actually, yeah. 2024 2025 yeah yeah, yeah there, there are there are so I guess in a few years so actually in our in our um, in our research we, kind of, we have a 5 degrees of AI so 5 degree of total control in, in autonomous vehicle and right now Tesla is achieving like level 2.5 out of 5 so the uh, so basically level five is like basically you don't you need a driver. So the mm. driver right now she still need to like watch the road and 
prepared for some emergency. But uh, I guess in the future, I guess all of the industrial uh, autonomous vehicle companies should be able to get level five, and then at that time we will probably have like fully autonomous vehicle. Uh, one of the at which point nobody will own a vehicle. Yeah. Mm. I well, I, yeah, I heard like they just come by, pick you up. I mean, it's just it'll all be just yeah. push a button, and then you don't need yeah. parking lots, you don't need highways, you don't need it'll all just be. Yeah, there was in the early days of uh, autonomous vehicles, <clears throat> there was a problem with communication between, for example, Hyundai and and Mercedes or whatever. Yeah, they were saying if a car if a car is gonna crash. It has to make a decision. It knows yes. if it's going to kill the driver or kill yeah. a person. And then you have like between cars. Yes. You know, if it's a Mercedes and a in a Hyundai, mm. which ones? Which one is kind of? So Mercedes kills the driver, Hyundai kills the person. Yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> yeah. But in and they said in the future too that you know something that has to be considered like mm. if it's a Hyundai car with the Hyundai CEO mm-hmm. and there's a a, a, a fucking nineteen ninety two Tico mm-hmm. on the road like. You know who's the the car knows who's inside and mm-hmm. maybe give some social credit or something to the mm-hmm. to the higher Stop person. Stop clicking those how things. Only, it's only in China. <laughs> no, no. But how, how would like how do the uh, across uh, across companies how do the cars communicate and so, how does one not take precedence over the over the other one? I would have to say that the com- the, the, the infrastructure for mm. intercommunication between car it's getting better much better now mm. like, like a few years ago you don't have 3G now you have 5G and yeah. almost 6G and all this stuff so like we'll you know f- up to 6G well, and I mean South Korea is developing 6G yeah. oh my god they're gonna release another uh, another pandemic right? <laughs> we, we, we all agree that the first one came from <laughs> from the 5G towers right <laughs> I, I don't know much about computers, but I know that's yeah, true. Yeah, so I so basically, I feel like like uh, in a few years' time, um, communication between cars should be like almost real time, and then in in those cases, wow. yeah, almost real time. So I think in, in those cases, like um, it comes down to protocol, right? Like yeah, if comes you down have to, to the fit, If you have to fit your car in the streets, then you have to follow everyone else's protocol. Like yeah. mobile SIM cards, they all follow one common protocol so that they can function on one common network. Mm. Yeah, so basically so that's the same. Come up with like something. So e- each country will develop their own, own kind of rules and then yeah. protocols, okay, and then, okay, 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 and then okay. you have to follow all the protocols. And then yeah. like because the communication is better, we should be able to avoid more accidents. Mm. And if the, in case the accident ever happened, then they just follow the protocol that was set by the government or by the, it's just yeah. like the outlier. No, also, like the technology kind of converges to like a happy medium. Yeah. For example, all our data storage we interface using like USB ports, mm. right? Okay, so okay, it okay. can be any company, but if you have that mm. in you can the internet networks, then yeah. it's okay. easier for you. Somebody put a meme on yesterday, and it had a whole crate of floppy disks, and it said, "How did we live?" And on top of them was a little USB. <laughs> and I was like, wow, yeah, we used to have long discs. Holy yeah, man. so basically I know that like uh, at the current state, so they're, they're, they're the state of the art uh, companies right now. So they don't like calculate the incident, but they pre-calculate the incident. So mm. at, like at any single moment that you're driving on your autonomous vehicle, they will pre-calculate all of the common accidents that could happen. Mm. And then they already pre- like prepare an evasion plan for all of those incidents that mm. could happen. So if either one of them could happen at the any moment, they will know what to do already. Um. So they know to do beforehand, even before like the incident happened. So I think that like... Because, because they've getting, run so many simulations. Yeah, they run because the computing power is getting so much more powerful. But every Tesla on the road is providing feedback back to Tesla. So it's getting which is, which less is, and less likely to have an accident every... Yes. 
every minute of every day that yeah. Bombs, what's the what's the term for those? I don't know if it's outlier. There's the like one in a million. Whoop. There's like the one in a million chance. Yeah. Someone runs a red light or something yeah. like that. Yeah. What, what is that? Isn't there a, a rare so, occurrence? Yeah, yeah. They also call outliers, but like. Imagine, like, if we have like ten percent of the autonomous vehicle on the mm. road, then the outlier would happen much more frequently. But mm. if you have like ninety percent of the cars running on the street are autonomous vehicle, then the outlier chances are very uh, unlikely. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, if you have more, if you like, I think that would be a situation that will be improved over time. If we have more autonomous vehicle on the mm. street, it should be the street should be relatively safer. I wonder if I bet it'll be true. <laughs> listen to this again in 2040 mm-hmm. when it might be illegal or very expensive if you want to drive your own car if you want to drive yeah. your own car it, it, the insurance might be like your chance of getting in an accident is, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think and i think it'll be so efficient that nobody would want to there would be no yeah. purpose to drive your own car yeah yeah dude you could have your own car probably they would just drive they've already them. showed the simulations on exactly how how and what happens and I think that I mean, actually in 2040 mm. so those uh, driving your own car would become like a luxury you yeah. know like every like uh, like 30 years ago polar drives polar drives was for everyone and mm. now polar drives only for the luxury people yeah. so I guess it's, it would be something like developing in the same manner like like um, in the future it's like everyone will have their own autonomous vehicle and then driving would become like a, a driving their own vehicle would be a, like a luxury that only the rich people can use mm. probably they will have like special tracks uh-huh. isolated from the roads yeah uh, just like where you drive your ferraris now uh-huh. like, mm. they are not street legal but mm. you have your own tracks uh-huh. mm. no yeah, i mean those guys they'll be flying it'll be all drone stuff yeah, you know? guys just be yeah. flying everywhere you fly 50 mm. meters higher than everybody else because you're mm. rich Nice. What uh, I, I I try to think of some examples. I don't know, but it seems like we went from like the mini f- tiny phones to smartphones overnight. Like it wasn't like a big buildup. I, I don't remember it being a big buildup of. Well, iPhone you could, came out two thousand seven. You could play the games mm-hmm. and you could take like freaking black and white pictures or something on the first on the first little flip phones. But then it seems like we got to these computers phones in like three years, just, four just, years. Boom! It just mm-hmm. happened, kind mm-hmm. of. So I think. A lot of people might think about smart homes and stuff because it's already we can already see it, especially yeah. here. Yeah, not but, here, not here. <laughs> <laughs> but what what are what are some things that you would think maybe that people don't foresee? <laughs> like a couple a couple aspects of life that are spots in life where it might change just a drastically. Guy, just a guy that I paid in a few years like, that people aren't thinking of. Turn on the air con. No, I would have to say that. It would be something related to, to uh, international protocols and international. Um, I would have to say something related to international protocols and international communication. So imagine right now, like uh, the war between like Russia and Ukraine. So um, right now, like you see, like twenty years ago, twenty four years ago, you don't really see the news of like the war every day. It's everything you see is controlled by the government. You see everything on the TV, everything on TV, everything is like like, like captured by the the, the um, journalists who are there. Mm. But now every day you can browse Reddit, you can browse the internet, you can see everywhere every news about the war. If like if there's like a couple who got killed in the war or like this Russian shooter who did this and that, you see it on the news immediately. Yeah. I feel like. Um, um, in a future time, like people would not probably not recognize it, but it would be very, uh, very hard for um, governments to actually hide any information for away from their away from their citizen. Like except uh, probably except like some country like China where they have like really strict uh, procedures, but 
everywhere else, it's probably very hard for 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 the government to control their information, for the control the 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 the, the, the amount of information that that get into their uh, get into the citizens, and also between countries also. So, uh, in a few years time, I think that the internet, because of the transparency of those information, they will have a lot of difference in our um, in the communication bit inside the country and also um, the the politics between the country also. Hmm. Wild. <laughs> the just one more on AI. The automation, I mean, we've been talking about this for years and years. How much do you think it will impact the the workforce in the next like everyone says, Oh, automation, automation, job we're losing jobs, job. Listen, mm -hmm. it's very obvious in Korea. Mm -hmm. They're losing jobs like crazy. Yes. I mean the the banking here is incredible online. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't even know if the banks need people anymore here. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, they talk about attorneys, nurses, mm -hmm. All kinds of like secondary jobs, not the obvious ones, mm -hmm. um, where they actually kind of have to think. But it's this case where they've they've gone through so many simulations, they know so many cases, mm -hmm. they can guess ninety nine percent accuracy what the solution is. When do you think we might see more? Like, there's robots in hospitals here. There's mm -hmm. robots at the restaurants. Mm -hmm. D do you think something like that, or how much is automation going to change the workforce in the next you know five years or something? I would say that they would not reduce the amount of job that you have. So imagine like 200 years ago, you have the Industrial Revolution. And then like, we, we call this like the fourth, the fourth uh, Industrial uh, the fourth Revolution, right? So we have like three revolutions before. And then, you know, like the old job disappeared, but new job will come up yeah. too. Someone's so, got to make the code, service yeah. the machines. There's, yeah. So, so someone has but, to like... But the, the debate is that you can code out 20 people. Yes. Because you, you just don't need that many people to make the code one person can make the code well, for well, but like he's saying it's the same it's been the same thing like when yeah, they been, when they made the assembly line they're like oh shit we don't need one person to, to make a door for four days you yeah, just yeah. have a machine that stamps it right so so imagine like like 200 years ago you have like a half a factory of like 200 people making like a one dress right now you can have like one people making 200 dress at the same mm. time so it's like people would have new jobs that like maintains the machines and then try to like write codes for the jobs and then we'll have new jobs sure mm. but like the amount of job in total I wouldn't think it would change much. So yeah, there's always more streamers, more YouTubers, mm -hmm. more artists. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> those kind of stuff. We got a wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful future. So the the job, the, yeah, just the type of job will change. Mm -hmm. It'll be ninety percent creators. <laughs> I think it's a better society when there are more creators than just laborers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we will have like Lots new for, newer forms of entertainment, I guess, like yeah. in uh, metaverse. Yeah, metaverse and like second world, second yeah, world. Is that going to be a real thing? I would say that probably not in the near future. But Should I buy land? Save <laughs> I would have to say that for now, the, 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 um, the, the, um, the, the block, the, the blockchain society and then the, the NFT kind of society right now, it's not fully developed yet. So it's very volatile. Mm. You could invest now, but it's really a hit or miss. Mm. So I would have to say that wait a few years until the, until the environment really kind of have their own protocols and they kind of like, um, stable everything out. Mm. They should, you should, in, you should like invest then. Sure. But for now, it's very, it's very like gambling. It's, it's mm. very much like gambling. So you could, you could hit, you could also miss. Does that include Bitcoin? Yes, I would have to say Bitcoin. Is, <laughs> of course, it's the biggest part of that. So, mm. like people say that, yeah, I invest in Bitcoin when they were one thousand. Now it's like twenty thousand. I make a huge fortune out of it. But they don't. But they like for every case like that, they also ended other ten cases of people who actually lost lost money because of Bitcoin. So you know. Mm. I was listening to a Buffett one yesterday. Mm. I don't know what how long it was but he says but 
you could offer me, you know, half the houses in Alabama. I'll buy them. Even at 1% return, I'll buy them because they're worth something. I can sell them in 10 years. I'm going to make something on them. You can offer me all the proper, all the farms. You know, they're going to produce stuff. I'm going to get something out of it. I can sell. What does Bitcoin do? Yeah, well, I mean, you can give me all the Bitcoin in the world and I don't want to buy it because it's only based on if I can't sell it for anything. Yeah. It's only based on if I can convince the next guy to pay more than I did. But if I can't trick anyone to pay more money than I did for it. I think there's more to it than that. No, no. So, so yeah. The if best- no one's going to buy it. Yeah, yeah, but, so, it, so, but if, so if the the well, I'm not an economist, I might sound like an idiot, but what if your your country's continually kind of screwing you? Like, look at the look at the states now; they've printed all the money, give you all the cash. It seems the rich get richer, mm-hmm. the poor people are, are stuck with their with their dick in their hand, paying a uh, hundred or ten percent. Government makes their own coin, ten percent that makes interest. it the legal tender of the country and. Nobody needs Bitcoin. Uh, so, so I guess the pessimists would say that it's another Ponzi scheme, you know, yeah. Bitcoin and all that sort of stuff. But I would have to say that in a, uh, in a few years when all of the rules are developed, mm. all the protocols should be developed for, for those kind of like Bitcoins and all that, um, all of that mining thing and then uh, blockchain and all that mm. technology, it's like, um, like, like reach out to a, a lot more people. So there would be a lot more rules related to it. And then in, at that time, the... the um, their uh, market should be more stable, and so but I think countries will just have their own coins. Then, right? I mean, each country will will make their own coin. But isn't the idea that currently, what's the what's the value of the U.S. dollar? Like originally, it was tied to the gold standard, standard yeah. And now they just print money or whatever, yeah. whenever they want. Yeah, but Bitcoin, you have to limit, and eventually it will. That's come, that's yeah. the that's the the shining point of it, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that you know how much is. How much you know, left? And then it's eventually. It's, it's more be- like a information thing than oh, a physical sorry. object, and that is like more pure kind of a legal tender mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like we are in a point where people are exchanging like shells for rocks, like those kind of days. Yeah. When currency was just starting up. Yeah. Hmm. But, but yeah, knows? eventually there will be like protocols, and there will be some like a overarching technology developed based on whatever is happening now mm. and yeah okay I, I, had a, I wrote down one here from before discussing the the learning stuff mm-hmm. when they say you can learn everything on YouTube mm-hmm. I mean especially we think of computers coding and this kind of stuff mm-hmm. how how much do you feel if you if you were just very intrinsically motivated mm-hmm. how much of what you know now do you think you could with some guidance with a, a, a brother or someone mm-hmm. to show you along how mm-hmm. much do you think you could have done on your own without the formal structure of university? I would have to say, so it's very dependent on how motivated are you. So, But I mean, how much is available? How much is, could you do everything or do you actually have to be in the classroom, in the lab doing that stuff to get that specific? So if you want to do an industrial job, I could have to say that 100% everything is online on the internet. Mm. I don't I don't say about the research kind of stuff because research stuff you obviously need a professor or I need something like someone who's like actually really good at the interview. Mm. But if you just want to do like an industrial job being like a programmer or web designer all the kind of stuff on everything you can learn. It's it's on YouTube. It's on like all of the uh, Coursera or the yeah. kind of like website that, that teach you stuff. Yeah. So it's but in order for you to actually learn enough to actually to be able to get a job, you should be able to be very uh, should be very able to, to very motivated mm-hmm. because it's very hard to study everything by yourself. Right. 
I think the value for universities now it's not to transfer skills just but to like it. provide the environment and just expose yourself to like mindsets of experts in that field mm-hmm. so that you can go on your own path. So, yeah, surrounding yourself with a community and like minded yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. and Nate if you wanted to do everything on YouTube you'd be kind of trying to find your own path not exactly that's, sure what that's to, what I mean like isn't there do. isn't there groups of like-minded people doing free code camp also there are yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. that's that's what i mean so yeah. if you if uni might might I'm speed up people, your I'm process i'm thinking of people that we said don't have the team don't have the money don't have the means i think if are these are, jobs all attainable for for kind of anybody who has the internet yes yes but one thing that you have to remember is that when companies looking for people they would actually look for people who actually so they don't they don't have a lot of time to actually test out their their, their candidate they was other they would they would just like find a candidate who actually showed a proof that they can do the yeah, job right portfolio yeah. rather yeah, they than have like a piece of paper like Shane said right he will he is going to make some websites for free yeah. and that will be his portfolio right. and then regardless of what he has been learning till now or what his academic background is as long as yeah. you show you the proof good. yeah yeah so imagine you have your employer you have two candidates the first candidate actually go to an ivy league school and study over the cost there the second so so you you have some like as so you have some information that this actually he studied there mm. and then the second candidate it's like i study over this called also from this ivy league school but i said it online nobody can prove that he finished the courses and you actually know that you actually <laughs> know that that, that, yeah, that yeah. know those kind of knowledge what right what can you do Show yeah you can do Yeah. So so yeah, the employer would like usually tend to choose the first candidate, right? So, yeah. But these days, I, I wonder if that's changing a little Apple, bit. A little Apple, Apple, and more. Google, mm-hmm. or is it Google and Tesla? They just said we don't need a degree; just kind of yeah, show, us, can, yeah. show us what yeah. you can do. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, and a lot of companies now have uh, on their like careers on job postings, they mm-hmm. have something called unsolicited op- uh, applications. Mm-hmm. So cool. if you really like that company and you can basically just send them your cv and stuff and then give them your idea what you want to do with the company mm-hmm. if they like it they'll just hire you yeah. so in, the, in that case would it in the in what you're talking about there wouldn't it be better just to start your own kind yeah, of so, kind of so uh, what Nate was asking is oh is it possible for people to get it i okay. think if you have a problem important enough for you so that you are willing to learn whatever it takes to solve it i think you can get 100% of that done Yeah. 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 I just mean there's there's a lot less reason now <laughs> when you chicken at Eunice to, to not be to not be working to not whatever. I mean you, you, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. So yes. many opportunities. You can't learn to play soccer on the internet, but these types of jobs and the way we're going with AI that jobs are just going to take a different kind of form. Yeah. Like you said though, sometimes maybe the structure is is very helpful. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, and for not, a lot of people, it is not absolutely. being exposed. Like to, in the to beginning everything. of pandemic, right? Like we didn't know what's happening, but we got these like ro- routes of where infected cases have been, hmm. and some students just put it on the map. Yeah, and so you could see where yeah you can go or not. So it was important enough for them. Like it doesn't matter where what background they come from. Like right. I think anyone could do it. Why Fantastic. not? Why not a PhD? I would have to say it's a very long and <laughs> yeah, I have to say it's a very long and it's a very hard commitment at the moment. So we actually discussed about it before coming here, and then I think that if you want to do it, the PhD, you have to be one hundred percent sure that you wanna be able to finish that PhD. It's gonna be five year with like little to none social interactions, and a lot of just will be researching and then trial and errors, and uh, so daunting. So so yeah, so yeah. even. So I think Fuck. that even for for all the students out there, if you're just like thirty percent, 
give you like 30% sure confusing even like you're 70% sure that you want yeah. to do a PG don't do it even if you're 90% sure don't do yeah. it if, only do it if you're it's a big 10% sure. at the end yeah. <laughs> yeah. but do you know do you know 100% what you're getting into when you start I mean well you want to apply what you've learned right yeah you want you to apply want what you learned but like you are being if you're a PhD you have to be like the new frontiers right now you are you are like trying to develop new things that nobody have ever ta- thought about you are trying to develop like 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 new new uh new information for, for mankind so yeah. uh yeah so so it's it's uh you know what you're heading into but you don't know like what will be actually yeah. you don't know what yeah. you're actually heading into you know what the roads would, would be like but yeah. you don't actually know the road once you like yeah. until you get there right like so, 90% of ideas you have like 70% of them are like already established yeah uh-huh. and other 30 whatever is like just complete nonsense (laughs) (laughs) so probably like when you start with some notion it's probably going to fail Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe you're taking the the right route for your uh for your career i mean getting out of academia into the workforce this will give you more input more chance to so so like uh when i was doing my master's degree i was like 50 it was very i was very tall i was like 50 50 between doing a phd and then getting a job and then Mm. Because like I I haven't sure I feel like yeah getting a job should be easier should be easier should be yeah. the right choice for me. I mean I could I could come back for a PhD in a few years time. That's yeah. that's, that's the thing you can always do it. Yeah. Right? If you find that inspiration or that that burning desire, you can yeah, always yeah, yeah. go back and do it. Is there comfort in taking a PhD? Just knowing like I don't know. I would think uh, in your situation going into going into work kind of. Uh, I don't know more unknown than a PhD uh-huh. like PhD would be like alright oh, you can take a deep breath like alright I'm going to be here for another five years uh, they're going to no, worry about other no, kids no no no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 would think, I think that's wrong, a very, that's a very com- <laughs> I think that's a very common misconception yeah, okay, okay. so so like uh, because actually this uh, because this school is actually a research kind of institute so you have a lot more chance to have a lot of interaction with the mm-hmm. PhD student and then you realize that actually once you start a PhD you cannot like you cannot stop so basically you're <laughs> so yeah so basically you are like you are you are locked you lock yourself down in this position for the next five years and then in the next five years you're going to have a lot of stress you're going to have like like you're gonna have a lot of yeah. self-doubt and all yeah. those stuff and if you're not pre- well prepared well equipped to deal with all those stuff in the yeah. next five years you shouldn't do a PhD yeah. did you ever know Myung Le? Myung Le? Um, he was in like living living materials and something, something. Uh, okay, probably. he brought me in the laboratory and showed me glowing rats uh-huh. that could glow like Christmas colors or whatever he could they're all programmed, mm-hmm. and they were. Wasn't he doing it with his phone? Like one of red, his, yellow, green. One of the <laughs> one of the projects was to develop a bioluminescent paint mm-hmm. that they found in the jellyfish mm-hmm. at the deep sea levels mm-hmm. for bicycles, uh-huh. so that everybody's bike would just glow in the dark mm-hmm. at night. So there'd be a major safety breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his specific research, and he was doing his PhD. Mm-hmm. He was in year five or something, but he he was waiting for like this one result this one piece of information yes he'd already been he'd already been going two years on it and he said i might be here for like three or four more years i might just quit because i can't get my phd unless i find the answer to this yes and that's I was very like, true dude, there are like shit, 30 what 300 million euros spent on like the large hadron collider there is like a 20 year old project yeah and the output is just like one graph <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. so the scale goes like there is like un- unimaginable scale. What's the name of the thing that they found? The hose. The last time. The what do you mean? The hose Bigsman or the? <laughs> what's the name? 
No, no. I've no. Oh, okay. They have like genetically modified people who are like per- and they can like looking at your DNA they can exactly say that okay this is a superior human we need these at like as like a rocket scientist. Ah. On to your Samsung job. I guess congratulations first. You must feel good, comfortable going home, good job. What do you look for? What do you know about it? What are you going to be doing there? What is the What is it like? Um so I'm going to be a research AI research engineer there so basically we are research we're using so basically we're using application of AI for a specific uh specific topic. So the company is a Samsung data system so basically I'm going to work a lot with their data and then how to like using AI to um, improve the improve the customer experience in overall with AI. So I guess that's pretty much I can say at the moment because I haven't actually worked there so I can't kind of tell you so much about it. Signed an NDA already I see. Yeah. So basically <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but uh yeah so so i can't tell you about the job because like i haven't actually worked there so you know see a red dot just come in right on his head <laughs> <laughs> in yeah in, in vietnam right? <laughs> <laughs> himself out eh? in in vietnam is that considered an amazing job a good job great job okay job what i think that it's very similar in korea that if you work for a big company people would like see you with a different eyes so yeah. people would have definitely more respect for you so if you know you go go into a uh, big go, company and a leading field hell yeah, yeah so yeah. very very proud for your parents I would say I would say yeah. So imagine like, you know, imagine not even if you have to go to a job, but you're just a student. If you say that you're a student from Munich, people would look at you differently that than you say that I'm a student from Usande, right? Mm. So so yeah, like it's similar things for a student like similar thing for, you know, like um like like people who actually go to a job. And it's very similar in Vietnam. Say I work for Samsung. People like look at you differently Whoa. rather than say that I work for this shitty startup that nobody knows about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a dream. <laughs> what? And you're, and you're 26. What yeah, uh, What is cool. the promotional track like in a position like that? Um, so usually <laughs> when you're an engineer, there will be two. Um, there will be two, two, um, two, two, career, two major career paths. So the first one is to become an expert in the field, and the second one is to become like a management uh, kind of like a management kind of path. So you become like a team leader and then like um like like a manager and all that stuff. So um, it's very open, but most of the people will just either follow one of those two uh, topics, uh, to to career paths. Uh, for me, I'm not sure what I will follow, but for at the moment, I'm kind of leaning towards the management track because I feel like um, at the moment, my to being an expert, you have to be exceptionally good in the field and be exceptionally good in the area. And I know that there are a lot of people who are better than me. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, management. You just manage those yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in line, smartass. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So cool. actually, I saw this quote that I was very inspired. That that. So basically, if you are a manager, if you are a manager, if you are a CEO, you have to be like, like the dumbest person in the country. Ah, uh, sorry, in the company. So so if you want to, because you always want to hire better people to work for you. If you want, if you hire like dumber people, you can just actually finish all the jobs by yourself. You have to yeah. hire actually smarter people to actually work for you, yeah. right? Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. Nice, nice. The what kind of life can you live in Vietnam with? Whatever the monetary uh, rewards are from this job, I would say it's the paying is pretty decent compared to other other opportunity in Vietnam. So yeah, I hope that gold, I, gold teeth and champagne. <laughs> not really, uh, I hope that I upper yeah. middle class, upper yeah. class. Mm, I would say a little bit upper middle class, not a upper class, a comfortable probably. life. A comfortable life, yeah. yes. Try try to save up and you know, like start a family, buy a yeah. car, buy a house in a few years' time. So you know. What's the nice. GDP in Vietnam? The GDP in Vietnam, I would say, I'm not sure at the moment. Uh, actually, I don't know, so I'm not oh. sure. Probably Google it. I'm just curious if what what the prospects are of a graduating really? student in Eunice going back to these countries. If you go back to Kazakh or Uzbekistan or Vietnam or India, or whatever, what he's going back to. What the, can you get into? Going back to the capital city, you know, it's uh, probably got a decent. A decent income. He'll, he'll okay, be so the Vietnamese GDP in, in this year it's around two thousand mm. dollar for per capita. So what's, I, it, what's that in dong? Uh, Eight billion. No, five million. <laughs> Forty-five million. Yes, two thousand nice. dollars. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, my pay rate it's a little bit higher than the GDP, so I guess I should cool. be fine. Good. That's awesome, man. Good place to start. Good for you. Uh, down to the general stuff. You're you mentioned uh, or you have a a blog of. Uh, it's not Viet- a blog. It's just like my Facebook that I post my blog, that oh, I post okay. my writing notes in. Yeah. So there was this period during my undergrads that I feel like I was quite lonely because there's not a lot of interaction around the school. So it's basically it's around like six months in inside six months into Eunice, and then I start to feel like I start to feel all of the emptiness inside Eunice, right? <laughs> the, 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 um, the lack of social interaction, and then I try to cope with that problem by start writing. Mm. And uh, yeah, I continue that trend during my continue to write a lot during my undergrads year. Mm. I stop. Uh, I stop. Uh, mostly I stop uh, when I got into a master's student. But yeah, so 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 yeah, I, I start writing during I was an under, under undergrad student. Yeah. Very what about you? Had the chance to travel a little bit mm-hmm. while you've been here. Is that was that school related and research related, or was that just kind of for pleasure? Um. During my undergrads, it's all a pleasure. So I got like, um, so basically the school back then when I was traveling to the US was that the school was actually giving out scholarship for people to uh, actually go to summer school in other countries. And then I applied for that scholarship and I got a summer in the US, Philly, New York, and yeah, all that stuff. Uh, so Eunice paid for that? Eunice paid partially for that. They don't pay everything, but they, they, they help me a lot with the... the, the for you to go to summer school in the yes, States? Yeah, for summer school in the States. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah and for yeah. other countries, just like I travel to Taiwan and uh, um, Japan, but all of that is on my, my, own, my own money. Yeah. What, uh, what is it like for, for you going to the States? What was your experience like? Was it, like you said before, I dreamed of going to school in the States? And yes. W- was it 
that wow i mean you were in new york so that's even yeah you're not uh, going to like somewhere in alabama or louisiana or yeah, something that's you true. went to that's, new york i was like okay <clears throat> this my finally my dream come true like mm. my american dream come true i got to be able to experience the american dream like i sort of experienced like especially new york like going to a broadway going to a broadway concert and all that stuff actually like helped me even though it's not like an actual like getting to your actual dream like actually stay in the state but you you get a glimpse of what what's life is there yeah. yeah and then you you feel like eventually you feel like you have no enough about america to realize that there were ups and downs and then how how like how fucked up it is so you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well i think yeah, it's easy to romanticize living in any oh. yeah in any country Especially when you're not TV. there yeah. yeah watching tv and you have all of that like um all of that life misconception in, in, yeah, yeah and then Jeez. you actually come there to see like you know, like the situation there you know like uh, like recently they just partly uh they just revert the abortion law yeah. that's so fucked up yeah, but, we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> yeah, we don't have time to get into it, but yeah, that's my, that's that's, that's yes. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I guess I bit my tongue about six hundred times yesterday, and I was like, no, no, erase, erase, no, erase. Oh, yeah, oh, I saw it. Yeah, um, God. The uh, another one I wanted to ask you about. You, you mentioned something about that tattoo there. I I printed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Printed this yes. one off. You're twenty. 2015 has been a hell of a ride. I never (laughs) knew this stuff in 2014, whatever. Um, Did you get a tattoo? I guess I got one right here. So just a small one. And what's the, what's the history? Tell us a little bit about it. Um, it just a number that was very attached to me at the moment. It's a very personal number. I would, I mean, I could tell you about the story, but I guess it, like, it is, it, it's a very personal. So yeah, I guess uh, it won't have to make a lot of connections. So right. I can just say that this number is very personal to me. And like, we have a lot, like, I had a lot of experience, personal experience with the number. So I decided that to get a tattoo. And because, like, you know, that, like, in, in Korea, I guess it's very similar in Vietnam also. Like, you still have the social st- stigma related to tattoos. So, yeah, I just want to make a personal answer that nobody can see and so yeah. I end up choosing one in my yeah you get uh, you get some power when you look at it it's a it's a constant reminder I think uh, it's in a yeah, very yeah. visible it's place like, yeah. it's like somewhere that you can always see it but yeah. not other people can see it so it's like a reminder of like what life I've been through for you back then and then yeah. why you have to continue to work in Korea good yeah nice. more or no huh? more <laughs> I'm not sure I mean at this moment Samsung across your back <laughs> if they pay me enough yeah. <laughs> I, I always said that like uh, yeah. you see all the really rich rappers they get like tattoos on their yeah. face or on their neck like you gotta have you gotta be pretty financially stable to start inking your money yeah yeah you see like like I guess that, that's something that the social stigma would be something that would change for in the, in the near future especially in Asian country they yeah. always like they, they they always attach this kind of like people who do bad stuff with people with tattoos, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Like if you watch the movies, always like, the, the the bad guys, the, the guy that they do the fighting and do the the shooting that they have tattoos. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's gonna not gonna change in the future. I mean, even if I want to, I'm, I'm I probably say that I still have to be like, you know, yeah. stay around it. I don't want to get kimchi chige on my knuckles. All <laughs> 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 oh, good times. So other, I mean, when you're not in the lab, it looks like you're into photography as well. Uh, a little bit. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't really have a lot of chance to. Uh, I don't have really a lot of chance to 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 go outside these days, so I don't really do a lot of photographing. But uh, uh, yeah, back back then I would start going to Eunice. Then the, 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 the scene of Eunice. If you first come to Eunice, it's quite it's quite you're photogenic. So yeah. Mm. How uh, how extensive is the is your camera set? I mean, it's uh, typically it's, Asian. 
Yeah, typically Asian caravan. Two thousand dollars. No, 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 no. Ten thousand dollar kid. No, it's a pretty cheap one. So yeah. yeah. Oh. Cool. <laughs> the other uh, the other day I was at Mutsu Stadium. Mm-hmm. Right? It was probably a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. There were dude. They were the biggest. What, what do you call those lenses? Like, Bazooka. Bazookas. Yeah. Yeah. There was. Telephoto. Dude, huge, huge, huge lenses, and there was ten dudes all set up. Just waiting, and they were shooting one tiny little bird in a tree. I don't know how do they know the bird's gonna be there. Yeah, I, I guess. All... <laughs> yeah, I guess like like my investment kind of focus on streaming kind of these days. So mm. so because like streaming, it's it's not that easy. You just like just not just a camera alone. You need a webcam. You need like a strong, like a good bulky PC, and then you get like multiple monitors to be able to stream. Mm. So yeah, I guess that's where my money went. I haven't been investing to photography photography these cool. days. Cool, that's great, man. I love when. You know, you have your your academic focus, mm-hmm. but the kind of side the side hustle or mm-hmm. the personal project mm-hmm. starts starts picking up speed. I love those. Yeah. I love those stories. The unintentional. Uh, if the streaming becomes big, is it possible you quit your Samsung job? I mean, yes, that's always uh, so. That's, that's like always a backup plan for me. If like nice. if my streaming career explode, I'll probably leave my job. But nice. that's huh. only in the case that it explodes. For now, it's like still me, my friends, and my like you know small <laughs> my ten thousand friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Can Can we discuss a little bit about Vietnam? Sure, sure, sure. You're from Hanoi, yeah, the Hanoi. capital. Okay, just hearing from a from a Vietnamese, mm-hmm. most obvious differences north and south. Most obvious between north and south, um, I would have to say since the north was the capital of the old democratic uh, the, the the communist country, the communist party back when we had the war. So people in here are much more reserved in the sense that um, the environment is also very, uh, um, it's very like kind of like people are, are very. Reserve and people are, are very uh, how do I say it? it's very they are very um, people work together more so in this mm-hmm. communist kind of sense Co- yeah. yeah communism kind of sense and then in the south people are more open and very they they follow a more individualism kind of style mm-hmm. not not really capitalism but like very collectivism yeah yeah so basically like like the north was like more about collectivity and then the, the south was more about like individualism mm-hmm. if I could make an analogy maybe to music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Mm. The South was like Slipknot. And the North is like uh, Enya. What's Enya? Titanic theme? Not Titanic, but the Enya is like the relaxing meditation music. Yeah. Oh, it's called Enya? Her name is Enya. She's a musician. Huh. But the South was like... <laughs> yeah. The South was like you needed like... 10 bakas or coffees yeah. just to go walking in the street like it was just in your face oh my god and you get up north and it was like wow it's like a different country like you can relax and mm-hmm. people are laid back and chilled out and it was the contrast was just amazing that, uh-huh. that, that exists in a lot of countries, so right? so if i have to make a comparison with an artist nowadays i would say that the north is more like a taylor Swift kind of stuff so it's a very mainstream pop and country yeah. Wow, the South, it's very like a Lady Gaga kind of like, so so very chaotic, unpredictable kind of, unpredictable kind of like music. You run the Taylor Swift fan club, or oh, <laughs> or, yeah. so or are you are you an ex boyfriend of hers, or no? So so basically, like uh, 
So basically, yes. in in in, uh, in 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 my country, so we, we have like those kind of fan, because we work mostly on Facebook. We have those kind of fan oh, page for uh, for popular artists. And then back when I was in a high school student, I would run the page for Taylor Swift. And then yeah. now it. Nice. So so okay. actually, I didn't work there anymore. Uh, this day, I don't work a lot there, mm. but I'm still doing well. My name is management capsa for the page, and then mm-hmm. um, okay. it's one of the biggest community fan community in Vietnam. So you know, like in Korea, they have the fan cafe. Yeah. So 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 basically, it's yeah, very similar to the fan cafe. In Korea, and then, then uh, yeah, I'm like kind of like the, one of the community leader of the fan cafes. Nice. No way, <laughs> we had uh, it's, next, it's next song of Taylor Swift is about you. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny when he pulls up, is like Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your whole thing's like Taylor Swift. Everything other is Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, I don't post that much about Taylor Swift, to be honest. I mean, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I have a period where I work extensively there for the fan cafe, but now I don't really work there. I just do the management behind the scene kind yeah. of job. Cool. So yeah. Uh, we the the fan cafes are it's something that's obviously new to new to old men like us, mm-hmm. but we, we had the. Remember the Southeast Asian fan club? This was like a, a collection of like 20 people mm. from all over Southeast Asia that loved yeah. the a Korean actor. Yes. I believe here. Yes. From He was a guy from Ulsan. Mm-hmm. And they contacted us like, we've raised all this money and we want to... They want to do a program with We Hope at the Orphanage and, mm. they, and yeah, all this stuff. They wanted to donate all the, all the money... The leaders from like ten Southeast Asian countries mm-hmm. were gonna all come for his birthday. It was his yeah, yeah. birthday or something? And that's that's yeah, that's um, that's 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 yeah, that, yeah. That, I guess that exactly. Have you what, met Taylor Swift? No, no, no. I mean, but like fan cafe. Is that exactly what is that the hope? I mean, for a lot of people in there. I mean, for me, uh, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not getting past that period kind of now <laughs> yeah. in my life. But, like, uh, that's a phase. but for for a lot of students, like uh, people at a younger age, I guess that's their hope and dreams. And then, uh, yeah, like so, so, so. Imagine the fan cafe. We do a lot of those similar stuff, but we we do a lot of things in the name of the in the name of the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. If Taylor Swift did a concert in Vietnam, would you be involved, or would that community be involved? I mean, they would be heavily involved because that would be the main customer, like the main 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 target audience for the for the um, for the uh, concert, right? Yeah. yeah. And and Taylor Swift is one of the like the biggest uh, artists in Vietnam, big international artists in Vietnam. So I would say that. Yeah, the the community is huge, and then they they hmm. there should if the community is huge enough, there will be people with enough financial power to to mm. like make bigger thing, you know, like like what you did with their artists that, that mm. contact we hope. So yeah, huh? Being from Vietnam, yes. maybe on a more serious note, mm-hmm. you say the American dream and go to the Ivy League and stuff. Mm-hmm. How much do you learn about the war growing up? <laughs> is there any? I, I don't want to go in for for an hour thing here, but just mm. in just in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, is there no resentment or, or any hard feelings with the younger generation? And <laughs> we, had, we had this before we turned the yeah. we had this conversation before we turned the mics on. Oh. Yeah, no, yeah. keep going. Yeah, say yeah. I think it was a very good. Yeah, I think so. So for younger generation, we have like little to no resentment towards the America. But uh, growing up, we of course growing up, we learn a lot about our history through the communist propaganda as well as our history class. So basically, um, the Vietnam War is known as the Vietnam War internationally, but in our country, it's called the American War. Well, that's what I was going to say. When I went to Vietnam, yeah, and I said, "Wow, all over the America has propagated that this is the Vietnamese War." But when you go to Vietnam, that's not what it's called. It's called the American War. Yeah, and and then I it really opened my eyes to all these conflicts, the Gulf War, mm-hmm. the Persian, the, this, and that none of them are known as that except in countries where America broadcasts 
these wars. Yes. And it was, that, that was a real eye-opener for me that everybody calls it Nam except the Vietnamese. Yeah. And it makes sense. Why Why would they? I mean, yeah. Know. So so it's it's American war. And I guess for people of like people who actually fought in the war, my grandparents, for example, they would still hold some resentment for the U.S. But uh, for people who actually not be in the war, and especially after the country has opened itself, um, like people like us, we, we have like little to no resentment of the um, to the US as well and then in the recent years so we have a lot of border conflicts as well the conflicts on the sea with their China with China so actually a lot of people are actually leaning toward their um, asking for like some more like some some cooperation between Vietnam and the US to mm. actually like like fighting again the the um, the, 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 the Chinese the, yeah the, the China fighting the ex- expansion of China so yeah are you uh, are you aware of any of the protests that that happened related to the comfort women and, and the abuse of women and stuff, mm-hmm. either <clears throat> during the Korean War or yes, yes, yes. Actually, or in I, Vietnam, because Korea often demands all these things from Japan yes, and yes, these yes, apologies yes. and compensations, but yes, I, 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 but they fail to realize or fail to accept that the Koreans did similar things in Vietnam. Yes. Didn't they, wasn't there a, an apology? So there was a apology, but uh, to be honest, nobody cares, right? I think that, <laughs> like, like, I think yeah, that as if that's going to heal it. Yeah, <laughs> but Korea is demanding so much from Japan; yes, like, they I, just I, never want to. And I'm not saying it's something to get over, or whatever, but they they can't seem to move on from it. But when it, when Vietnam says, "Well, what about us?" Is it okay? Sorry. We're dealing with Japan. Just, sorry, that's good for you guys. So I guess, like, I, uh, we actually discussed about this before. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the biggest difference between Korea and Vietnam right now is that Korea is still technically at war. And then all of the tools that, I think one of the tools that government used to unify the people is that they want to uh, make sure that people remember that we're still uh, a country in war and we are the country that was torn by Japanese. And then they use those kind of tools to unify people. But for Vietnam, we kind of like unified our own country anyway. So so the government was more like, okay, time to forget about the past. Let's just focus on the future. Mm. You know, we don't need to unify the people right now. We're already a unified country. We don't need to make people to rally behind and then make a strong army kind of stuff. We just want to like... Um, like make people like uh, make people to like f- uh, focus about the future and then make more money for us mm. some kind of stuff. It's funny you bring <clears throat> bring that up. This morning I was in the sauna and I cut a news a news clip and behind the guy in English it said like the the council or the the place for what's like the governing body of the comfort women. There's like an actual mm-hmm. yeah w- whatever whatever it is some but, committee. Mm-hmm. So yeah the the committee for remembering and, and whatever but not that it should be forgotten but i think when people are in positions it that won't are, ever be forgotten no no but he knows that he yeah. wasn't specific but oh yeah, yeah but, but koreans but, think that if you don't mention it every other day it yeah will but be forgotten. but people are people have paid positions yeah people are being paid yeah. and they they, to they obviously the don't to keep it up yeah. they yeah. don't want to they don't want to lose their jobs mm-hmm. with uh by accepting an apology mm-hmm. they're shooting themselves in the foot right mm-hmm so why there's no incentive to move on with it, right? Yeah. They want to keep keep stoking that fire and getting uh, get, getting the. I think that's to do up. more with political support also. Yeah. Like the politician who establishes yeah. those jobs gets more popularity. Yeah. How how do you feel about since being here? Must have been around the same time it took off. Mm-hmm. Vietnam was not. I mean, Koreans already looked down on Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. browner, poorer. Mm-hmm. Well, probably shortly after you got here, Tanang mm-hmm. really took off. Yes. It was only Cebu, Boracay. They had their, their certain places they mm-hmm. go, but mm-hmm. Da Nang has since, I mean, become a mecca for Koreans and yeah. probably contributed to a lot of the development yes. of that area. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that just how they opened a flight route there? 
Well, there's got to be government. Yeah, there's a lot more than yeah, just the flat yeah. route. You know, just like you're gonna put up a mega are, mall and for, and all this stuff. Like, so that you have like a Korean no town and then mm. all that stuff there. So I would say that uh, when I got here, I do I do have some uh, I do experience some some like some form of like xenophobia from from Korean people, especially older Korean people. But for people who are around same age, especially like uh, like my friends right. in the university, they don't really have like a strong feeling towards South Asian people. Yeah. So I guess I mean I still met some like of specific people who has actually like have some kind of like xenophobic kind of thought. But uh, in general, I would have to say that most of the people who are my age, uh, I can't say for everybody, but like. Like most of the people that I met feel little to nothing about like South Asian. They don't really look down on South Asian people. So I guess that's a yeah, that's a that's a good thing about the younger generation in, in South Korea. Yeah. But I mean, like, how does how do Vietnamese see like the the when they just kind of take like I go to when I, I've gone to Boracay for twenty mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and it used to be very Filipino with a Western influence, and mm-hmm. but now it's like little korea island mm-hmm. they just kind of took right over and now they they own all the coffee shops mm-hmm. they own a bunch of restaurants mm-hmm. surf shops everything mm-hmm. how do the vietnamese view that i mean it, it's huge for a, for a booming tourism business mm-hmm. is that awesome we're, we're we're growing we're developing or okay enough like that's too much i mean you guys are i think that like Vietnamese people actually really welcome Korean people because like if you consider the option that Vietnamese people have so basically we have to invite either Korean people and Chinese people and American people so American people especially the older generation would not be happy about American investing in Vietnam and then for China there's always this concern about China expanding and trying to eat your country alive Mm. right (laughs) so I guess like in the field you know like 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 choosing between the option like Koreans are actually of the the decent decent option that people have so I guess yeah Vietnamese people kind of welcome Korean people more than other countries have you traveled a lot in Vietnam uh, yeah, I guess uh, mostly the northern and the um, middle part of the country. Not really much in the southern, though. I rode I rode the buses from Ho Chi Minh from a few weeks from Ho Chi Minh up mm-hmm. to Hanoi, mm-hmm. stopping in every little beach town, and, mm-hmm. and man, what a beautiful, beautiful place. But mm-hmm. I don't remember if we were in Ho Chi Minh or Hanoi. Mm-hmm. Do they still sit on the street and I- a buddy pulls out a keg of beer and plastic chairs? You yeah. just sit there and That's- drink 10-cent beers? Till the keg's gone, and you say, "Okay, go over to his thing," and you go over to his shop, and you. Yeah, that's 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 still very much a culture in in, nah, in, in, in our country. So f- you just in sit in the street, yeah. like like Babo Sagari. Yeah, yeah. Sit at Babo Sagari, and he's mm-hmm. got a couple kegs of beer, and he just keeps pumping them out. There's like one dollar mm-hmm. phone noodles too. I heard. Mm-hmm. And, and walked down the street, just walk across the next guy. He's got a couple kegs there, and uh, what a, what a cool place to just chill yeah. and relax. We we had a lot a lot of fun there. I'd love mm-hmm. to go back. And the tailoring. Oh my! I still have shirts from Miss Mew Mew or whatever her name her shop was. Mm-hmm. Ten dollars, five dollars, custom shirts. Oh, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. What about the Taylor Swifts? That's yeah. where it's at. <laughs> the Swift Taylors. <laughs> I mean, like uh, tailoring, you know, it's very. Um, it's a very um, like profitable business. And then compare, and then even if you compare to other countries, especially like Korea, you will see that you will get a lot of like handmade suits and all that kind of shirts for a reasonably cheap price compared to other countries. Mm. Nails also very very talented in nails. Mm, yes, but the best manicure pedicure shops and pedicures manicures mm-hmm. at home are all 
Vietnamese. Yes, I guess they're amazing like, at it. Uh, I guess that's like something related to the war. So because like uh, like like you know like after the war there are like a few millions refugees from Vietnam running to the US, right? And then they don't speak the language. They don't have their professions. So what can they do? They can only do like the service jobs. Yeah, service yeah. industry. So so yeah, that's why the new business kind of like get. Get 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 um get get bloomed by the Vietnamese people there. Just uh, like at the time, I guess like at the time, there was a pretty relatively easy job that people could do. So that's why a lot of people get into that business. And It's mostly like one guy gets really good at it, mm-hmm. and then people are usually taking like a ignorant perspective. Oh, the Vietnamese are good at nails, and then it kind of gets into a feedback. But that's right. Like that's I mean, now like has. now they're they're positively famous for it. Like yeah, you yeah, want yeah, good yeah. nails. <laughs> And and it's not cheap, like it's not cheap. I mean, they they can make some yeah, serious yeah. coin. Yeah, but uh, every community has their own niches. Right? Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. But actually, that's uh, like um, in in our own country, like for the uh, for the people who are have, uh, who are not like um, who have, who live under our government, it's uh, something like become like something like a meme for us. So basically, <laughs> we say that like all oh, the people escape the country just to become like they become uh, like new workers. So, mm. so yeah. it's, it's like uh, like a, a satirical. Satirical take, Satiria. yeah, yeah, satirical take on 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 on, the, yeah. the, the, on our terms. That's fine. Yeah, but if you're painting nails at a hundred bucks an hour, I mean, I'll start painting nails tomorrow, <laughs> man. Jeez. Nice. So, what's uh, <clears throat> anything left, or when when do you leave exactly? Oh, uh, I'll leave on July fifth. So, oh, yeah, coming so soon. We got you just before the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess in a in a week. Yes. Any uh, anything you you want to do before you before you head out? Any bucket list? Uh, Any last things? Actually, my I actually finished all of my bucket list. So, so one of my packages was like um, getting a driver license in Korea, oh, nice. and then uh, before going, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, before going because actually getting a driver license is much easier than in my country. <laughs> like, like does does Korean license work in Vietnam? Like you can like you can do some paperwork to get an exchange mm-hmm. or Korean nice. license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, like, smart. So, so I think like the, the, the driver license in Korea, you take like three weeks to, to make everything finish. And in yeah. Vietnam, you have like prepare like you've got a course and everything. It took like six months. So, so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, uh, I want to, yeah, I probably I want to, the only thing that I haven't been able to do is like I want to rent a car and travel around, travel around Korea by my own after I get the license. But yeah. I probably don't have enough time for Not that. a good time. Fuel is expensive now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's quite expensive, especially considering the gas price. But yeah. yeah. Uh, that is something that I don't. Uh, that I'll probably do in the future because I guess I can always come back to Korea mm. in the future. So, nice. do you think Korean driving is like? Uh, yeah, I bet I've seen the the videos of Vietnamese driving, uh-huh. and it just it's like I laugh. Go, when go at your own pace. Vietnamese yeah. driving is crazy. Mm-hmm. I say, do you know Korean driving is like that for me? <laughs> <laughs> like Korean driving is like Vietnamese driving. For you them. feel this is very organized and? I mean, <laughs> like um, the. I feel like 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 uh, because I haven't been able to actually drive in Korea, I can't say a lot about the Korean driving. But um, so Vietnamese driving, it's for for outsiders, it's very chaotic. Mm. But for us who actually live and travel in Vietnam, so I don't know how to describe it. I have to say that it's very chaotic in a in a in a specific way, like okay. in a structured manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's it, organized. Yeah, chaos. chaos yeah, 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 organized chaos. So <laughs> yeah. people like, act, even though it looked chaotic, but people know actually what to do oh, yeah, in yeah, those yeah, situation. Yeah. So yeah, except the foreigner crossing the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, That's yeah. Funny. Here it's like really relaxed for me. I have like literally panic attacks when I go <laughs> yeah. back in India. Relaxed. 
Oh yeah, so so one thing about crossing the street is that if you're from Vietnam, you know that if you see a, a vehicle approaching, you have to like um you have to like continue walking Jump like in it. Vietnam. In Vietnam, just don't so stop. Just don't keep don't stop. Same just keep speed. walking. Yeah, don't stop. Keep walking, and then like uh, if you come to Korea, the, the the vehicle will stop for you. So it's 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 a kind of weird for me. Like after a few years living in Korea, and then I come back. In Vietnam, like uh, I'm, I'm kind of like used to the environment in Korea that that, that you have to stop, and then in, in Vietnam you don't have to stop, so you kind of lost the sense of getting how to cross the street. Mm, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Good times. Anyways, thank you very much for coming by, spending some of your last uh, last hours in in Korea with us. <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you've enlightened us all. Good luck on uh, good on luck your, on your future endeavors. Keep there in touch. Go. Hard work, and now uh, you get to enjoy. Yeah, maybe you'll be back here. Nice. Yeah, definitely, I will be back here. Fantastic. Like, uh, but like, I just don't know when. But I definitely I will be back here. Nice. Like in a few years, I don't know either either as a PhD student or as a travel or as a traveler. I don't know. Oh, as a tourist. Like, oh, and you're always Samsung uh, headquarters. Yeah, Samsung headquarters, man. Yeah. You'll uh, you're always welcome here, and I'd love to catch up in uh, in the future and stay in touch. Yeah, awesome. sure. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Thanks for coming by. Yeah. Everyone, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.